probably Lock knows more than writes and works for the league. Don't know what he knows. Whiskey Studio on the West Virginia Sports Radio Network, powered as always by Black Talk. George Brew here, Angel Rivera there. Thanks for joining us. Holy shit. I had everything written down and I still forgot what the fuck I was going to talk about first. Angel. What the fuck? about Headblade, check us out at headblade.com.
All right, try this again. Angel there, brew here, you there. What's up, kid? What the fuck? I can hear the show, but I can't hear you. Did you hit mute? Um, or did I unmute you? Because that could always be from here with Blog Talk Radio. All right, so maybe it's not me. Maybe it is Angel side of the thing tonight. Angel. All right, so it must be Angel side. Um, we'll get him back on. Be with you right away. Hey, it's Coach Kevin from Superfans.com. Superfans shirts. Superfans has Boston's best T-shirts. Uppercase B's for the adults and lowercase B's for the kids. You see our street hustlers at your favorite event or you shop with us at Superfans.com. At Superfans, we're just like you. We take pride in our town and support the best our teams have to offer. Listen to your New England soul. Visit Superfans.com and say hello next time you see us around town. We make Boston's best t-shirts for New England's best fans. Superfans! Superfans is a proud sponsor of Dirty Water TV. All right, we're we're more professional than this, I swear. Angel, can did you hit mute on your phone? All right, what in bloody fucking hell is going on tonight with this show? For some reason, we can't make that connection. All right. So until we figure out what the hell is going on on Angel's side of things, we will, uh, right, damn it, hold on, let's figure this out. We got a guest coming up, so we want to iron shit out now. Spend a lot of time alone More than I'd like to But I'm okay with staying home My how the last few months have changed A smile more despise All right, we're better now. Angel, you there? Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you. There we go. Yay. We fixed shit. That's what we're good here for. All right. Brew here. Angel there. We are, uh, hey, so we have a long list of shit to talk about tonight. Um, we do have Mike Morial, senior, uh, staff writer at NHL.com, joining us at 930. Do we want to go football? hit hockey, and then come back? Or do we want to save football for later, hit baseball, and then do that? Why don't we do Giants, then hockey, and then total football? Oh, my God. What? Oh, I'm going to sound very insensitive right now. Mm -hmm. 
I'm watching the replay of the Tennessee Indianapolis game. Yeah. And uh, there is a little person on the sideline. Oh yeah. I I, I was afraid he was gonna get run over. His his old like almost almost couldn't get him to where he needed to go. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I did see that. Um, <laughs> all right. Listen, let's talk about the let's talk about the first place Giants. Because sure. I'll tell you right now, from here on out, I know they have the toughest schedule of the NFC East teams. Um, but I don't care what happens from here on out, because this team is going to have an amazing chance to learn. You know, and, and the good thing about this team this year is they've been earning everything that they got, and this is a great spot for them to be in. It sucks that uh, Danny Dimes is hurt. Um, hopefully it's not for too long he's going to be out. Uh-huh. But uh, this is a great learning curve for this young team. Yeah, I got some tough games coming up, but hey, you never want anything handed to you. And this is the NFL, and we all know that all these teams can have a COVID outbreak, just as uh, you know Denver had, and they had no quarterbacks. Or other teams have had. No, you know what? Don't let's right. not, because that could lead me into a forty-five minute rant. Let's let's just. Um, you mean the fact that they keep pushing back the Ravens game? Yeah, please. I I have to conduct an interview soon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me yet, Louie. Um, you know, here, here's here's my takeaways from the Giants game, right? You got three quarters of good. Fourth was a meltdown. Fortunately for them, it was like not three consecutive quarters of good, and then the fourth quarter it completely meltdown. It was like two and a half quarters of good, a quarter meltdown. Last part of the fourth quarter was, you know, back to good. Right. They didn't play that. They played that game as if Joe Burrow wasn't playing, and it showed. Joe Burrow plays in that game. I almost want to. I, I almost want to look at it. That game's not even close. They get blown out in that game. Well, especially when you figure out what happened, you know, after the Daniel Jones injury, because Colt McCoy. No, I'm saying. I'm saying the whole game, like the whole game. <laughs> if the, if Joe Burrow plays, the difference in that game was no Burrow. If Burrow plays, they win that game. They win that game going away because um, uh, Brandon Allen just could not move the football. Joe Burrow moves right. the football. They that That's like a quarterback that the Giants would have problems with. And, and they have had problems with him in, in the past going, you know, and in the future they will. So in that like respect, like Burrow, definitely, I I, I honestly believe if Burrow plays, the game's not even close. Uh, you know, Daniel it, Jones and you know, it's and it, uh, it's funny because they played. I thought, and if you actually watch the game, I know the score didn't indicate it, but 
the Giants dominated that game. No, I'm not saying they. I'm saying they did and because of the quarterback they were playing. I'm just saying. I, I'm saying if, if you offensively they're up and down that field. I know they didn't get the points out of it, but I thought they could do. You know when. You know, watching Daniel Jones play that whole game, it looked like he could do whatever he wanted. And the Giants were yeah. moving the ball. Evan, Evan Ingram and he had, had an to go amazing toe- game. Yeah, and he would have had to go toe-to-toe with Burrow. Finally. And I, I don't think – I don't think yeah. in my opinion, uh, unbiasy here, I just think if Burrow plays, I don't even think that game's close. Because really, legitimately, yes, you won the game, and 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 we've said it for weeks here. You got to learn how to win games, right? You have to learn how to win games. What I'm saying is, they dominated against a team that couldn't move the football, and still left it as a one-score game. Like, you know, dominating and, you know, putting them away are two different things. Yes, they dominate. That's what I said. They played three quarters of good football. It was that one quarter defensively. I should have I preferenced that defensively. Defensively, they had one minor meltdown. And that meltdown yeah. almost cost them the game. Lost people covers. It was a bad beat. But... <laughs> Yes, that's partially that's Colton Coy's fault yeah. because they couldn't move the ball. Right? And, and I also do want to say, you know, I've been very happy with Judge. I don't want to say anything negative. However, he's supposed to have his expertise in the special teams. And there was – run backs you know, happen. He had the run back and he also had the fake punt too. Yeah. So, you know, but those are two things. You where... know what, though? But that's that. That's yeah. Judge's expertise is that. But you know, I, I kind of look at like the fake pun as, you know, desperate teams do desperate things. And you know, that was a desperate team. But who would have thought they would have done it there? Like nobody saw that fake pun coming. Well, it was like well Dallas executed it, from their twenty-yard line. Well, that's because Dallas fucking because Mike McCarthy called that, not Bones. Um, the thing about Daniel Jones is, and here's starting to become my problem with him. The best ability in football is availability. Mm-hmm. This is the second straight year in December in the last quarter of the season where he's going to miss games. I just talked I about how this is a great, this is great for learning and he's going to be absent from the learning. Uh, like, I don't care about yeah. wins and losses going forward. He needs to learn how to play in this type of environment. Cause right now he's going to be playing in basically the playoffs. The last quarter of the season is all about the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, you know, playing good teams and getting into the playoffs. And now it's a question mark that he will miss that very crucial learning. 
So this is why I, I, I said it. I, I, I say it every week. It feels like on any show that I legitimately do. I draft a quarterback until I find one. I don't put first round capital into him every year. But you know, when you look at Jones and I think what you're seeing is is you, you saw the Eagles make a big payday on Carson Wentz and we'll get more into that later. You saw the Rams make a big payday on Jared Goff. And you're questioning, was that the right move? Okay. Is does, What does he have to prove to John Mara and Dave Gettleman or whoever the general manager is? Because, look, I think people can kill Gettleman all they want. Gettleman has, a good, has done a good job of changing the culture there. Yes. Getting rid of Janoris Jenkins, getting rid of Odell, Harrison. getting rid of the cancers. Yeah, like getting rid of the cancers that were on that clubhouse in that room has kind of changed the trajectory there. And, and I kind of like it, what they're doing. Um, but then the yeah, question becomes. He made becomes, the right hire. Yeah. You know, I think Joe Judges, because uh, what? Uh, Shermer wasn't his hire, right? I think Shermer was. I think Shermer was. Yeah, I think so. Because Reese got fired right before McAdoo. Or... When was Reese fired? Yeah, Reese's last hire was McAdoo. Most GMs don't get to make hires, coaching-wise. The Giants obviously think that he's a good enough coach, good enough GM to be able to make two hires. Now, he had to knock it out of the ballpark in this one, or he would have been he would have been fired. All right, so he did right there. The still, question that I have hard. next. I don't think he's going to get fired. Which I don't. I don't agree with. I don't either, and I, and I, I think it's like one of those things where I'm glad that like Francesca's not around to do it, because Francesca would run him out of town on the rails. But the way I look at it is this way: when it comes to the Giants again, I. I'd be hard-pressed to want to extend Daniel Jones unless in the next two years he proves something. If he proves something in the next two years, go right the hell ahead. But like you said, the next – I look at it as a three-game season now. Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. Baltimore, right? Cleveland. No, Baltimore is the next week. It's week 16. Arizona's a winnable game. Seattle's going to be the tough one. I don't. I Seattle's a tough one. If they're smart in that Arizona game, they they follow the New England blueprint. You put Bradbury on D Hop. You take D Hop completely out of the game. You you roll Jabril Peppers. You roll 
Logan Ryan over the top, you take him over the game. You, know, you take him out of the game because they don't have a tight end to speak about. Christian Kirk is a good wide receiver. It, it helps if if Larry Fitz isn't playing. Right. Because they're right. Well, he was you know, last but, week because COVID. Yeah, but if if Fitz doesn't play in right two weeks, right? If Fitz doesn't play on both of them, that's when New England did the whole game. D Hop had his catches. D Hop got under you know Stephon Gilmore's skin a little bit. It led to some bad penalties for New England. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But England, you're right. Ingram had a great game and a big game. It doesn't make up Finally. for the Philly game. Yeah, but it doesn't make up for the Philly game. And then Shepard needs help in the middle of the field. Ingram Ingram helped him. Ingram has to play better for Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton Darius is a good wide receiver. He, they need a guy in this draft. You spent a ton of draft capital on the offensive side of the football. Barkley, Jones, uh, Thomas. You spent a ton there. You have to now go get a wide You need to take, get a top-off-the-defense wide receiver because that will open up things for, for Saquon when he comes back next year. It'll open up things for Shepard. It'll open up things for Ingram. Because the problem with the Giants has been in the last couple of years is Saquon's on the field, nine in the box. They don't, tr- they don't have any respect for the Giant wide receivers. Golden Tate's not going to be there next year. No. So, and even in saying that, you know, I think if you come out of the next three with with a win, I think if you come out of the next two with a win, you're playing with the house's money against Cleveland. If you beat Cleveland, you know, that sets up the last two games perfectly for them. You know, like you said, you know, they are playing with house's money if they can get one of those wins. Um, you know, but like I said, as long as yeah. – yeah, for me, as long as Daniel's playing, they can lose every game, but be in it and get that knowledge from those games. You know, right now I'm happy as clams. You know, because I see this mm-hmm. team with great direction. That I I love Joe Judge. I love I love what he's doing. Um, the offensive line actually looks like an offensive line. Not that I'm saying that they're you know, the oh, the 2000 Dallas Cowboy line. But, you know, there's, there's definitely um, some great pieces there. Um, mm-hmm. And you look at the building blocks, you know, I think you do have a quarterback, you know, but I want you to be Eli. I'm not 100% sold on him yet. You know, if, if you could be Eli, that'd be great. Now, what does Eli yeah, have? Let's not forget. He had the availability. But, and that's what yeah, this guy has shown yet. But here's the thing, though. If Eli doesn't, if they don't go on the run in 07, is Eli there in 08 or 09? Is Eli there his entire career? Because we all know that if they didn't turn it around, if they didn't win the Super Bowl, Coughlin's out. Right. If they had a first run exit, if they lose to Tampa in 07, if they lose their first pre- uh, playoff game to Tampa, 
Coughlin's out. Yeah, but I think you still have Eli. You know, I don't you, know. You kind of, you kind of said it where, you know, you keep going draft until you have that quarterback. You know, Eli was always a good quarterback, and I think I said it last week. You know, Eli, you know, his system it would fit great with Bruce Arians because he does what Arians likes to it loves to do is to throw the ball downfield. That was his strength. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but here's picks, but here's yeah. the thing though. You never. That's just like the, the Bradshaw thing. You know, Bradshaw had more picks than uh, touchdowns, right? Because the system he played. He's still a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I, I look at it this way, and 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 legitimately, this is the way I look. This is I look at it this way for a reason. If your system is Chuck and Duck, it looks really nice in the SEC. It looks really nice in the Big 12. It doesn't work in the NFL. It doesn't work. in Chuck and Duck does not work in the NFL. There's a reason for that. Because everybody's fast. Eli was a great thrower of the football outside the numbers. He was. He's one of the best at it. Those don't matriculate drives. You need to no. hit that, that five-yard crosser. You need to hit that in pattern. You need to hit that button hook. You need a, you need a sit-down route. This is what – for as great as Kansas City is at moving the ball downfield really fast, why can they do that? One – they got fucking track stars on the outside. But Kelsey moves the sticks. They have got they can they can throw swing patterns. They have running backs that can catch the ball. They they use the entire field against you. Yep. And the teams that can stop that are the teams that win. Plain and simple. It's plain and simple. When we come back, hopefully there's no loot. But when we come (laughs) back, we will welcome, well, we won't be because we have a guest coming up. We welcome Mike Morial. NHL.com staff writer, good friend of mine. We'll probably make fun of each other a little bit, so get ready for that. You're listening to Bruin Angel Talking Sports here on the What's Bruin Sports Radio Network, coming to you from the proper number 12 whiskey studio on the Bok Talk Radio. <laughs> Just like a rock that beats into the red and the ring. So throw your gloves down. 
right, joining us now on Bruin Angel Talking Sports is a longtime friend of mine, a longtime hockey writer. You can't say that about most people. He's been with the NHL for 12 years as an NHL.com staff writer. He is the incomparable New Jersey High School Hockey Hall of Famer, Mike G. Morial. Jigsy, hold on, where the hell's that applause by now? I, I, I lost it. Here it is. There you go. We haven't gotten to that. Oh. George, you do everything over there. You got you're the producer, yeah, you're you know, directing. Know. Wow. I mean, I could have called you, a, you know, this handsome paisan, but I know, you know, you don't like that. Um, <laughs> I'm an old paisan now, Georgie. Old. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I've known Mike. 20 shit 22 years now um it yeah. originally angel you want to hear how this High friendship school. started yeah go so right my, our, our 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 friendship started because mike put out the players of the decade <laughs> in new jersey high school hockey for the star Ledger, and he oh, did boy. not put pat verney as the player of the decade now i course went to Hudson Catholic with Pat Verney. I saw Pat Verney play every night. I thought Pat Verney was like the absolute greatest player I've ever seen. Jigsy didn't helped, think so. Uh, jock. And I did not hold my tongue towards Jigsy to the point where he emailed me back saying, I'm going to print this out and show this to your AD and your coach. <laughs> yeah. Jigsy, don't you love Twitter now? <laughs> hey, you know what? Wasn't I I can't remember, but wasn't Pat? He was on the second team, though, wasn't he? The second or third team of that oh, and, federal century. So, so this kid's I forget, but he wasn't like a player for the '90s. The kid had like 300 points in high school, and Jigsy didn't make him like the fucking player of the decade. And I was, I think I'm still kind of bitter about it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I've gotten over it. <laughs> hey, you know what? Just a, a quick story, and and Pat, Pat is is the best, no doubt about it. I mm-hmm. got. I got to know Pat a lot better after his high school years and when he went on to, to work at Hillsborough High School and then went on to, to coach high school hockey. But we actually, yeah. George, and I know you know this, that we were actually inducted the same year in, into the high school hockey uh, Hall of Fame. Yes, uh, I, do. I think it's hysterical. Yeah. It just worked out perfectly. We, we got together and we, we, had, we had a long talk. But the thing I remember most about that night and I truly appreciated it uh, when Pat got up there to give his, you know, acceptance speech on his inductance, uh, right? being inducted. Um, mm-hmm. He said that one of the greatest thrills um, was getting able, you know, being able to have a friendship with me and then being able to ask me for letters of correspondence and uh, being able to email people and, and help him get, to where he wanted to go in life uh, as far as coaching and as far as teaching and everything else. And I thought that was great on his part that he would, that he did that uh, and showed that appreciation. I, I was truly humbled by it. Um, and Brandon Doria did the same thing. Uh, when Brandon got up there, he appreciated uh, the times that uh, we spoke after high school games and the interviews and everything else. So it, it was fantastic. Uh, Pat Verney is Pat Verney is a legend, no doubt about it. Hey, if I did it again, yeah. maybe you would probably be there, George. How about that? 
After all this uh, friendship now, I'm all this time, yeah, party <laughs> he's, he's still waiting for me. Like every once in a while, I will send Jigsy a text, whether he's covering a Devils game or covering a game, and I'll just be like, I still think Pat Bernie's better than some of these guys. Um, and what and what Angel so, know is I ignore those texts. Yeah, I ignore that. <laughs> you yeah. do actually. <laughs> it's so no, Mike, it's, what, what it's funny. Like, a rewrite. Can, can, can you go back? And, can you go back and do a rewrite? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not let's, let's, let's make good now. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like my 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 most proud moment of my high school hockey career was like I scored twice against Bosco, and I was like one of the players of the day in like the Bergen record. That's and I'm okay. like, did anybody see that game? Like, we weren't, they weren't that good. And I just kind of perched myself on the doorstep for a couple. Hey, you um, know what? To be, part of, to be part of a high school team and to, you know, to be with friends and have good times like that, uh, you know, those are memories you'll have for, for your life, Georgie. So be proud of that. That's true. Be proud of that, buddy. You know, I, there's like two things that like still irk me. Like we won the 2000 state championship. I, I've, bitched and moaned to the devils for since they opened a new building that they don't honor on that plaque, the teams that won it at the old building. That's one of my bitches Two, Hudson still hasn't put us in the damn hall of fame. Yeah, that I didn't know. I didn't know. You mean Hudson, what? Uh, the, 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 the high school. The school? Oh, really? Yeah. The oh, school okay. has not put us in the, yeah. Like, like this year is the 20th anniversary came and went and obviously COVID kind of, you know, destroyed anything yeah. that we had going on, but like, there's no, they've become a basketball school and that's, you know, whatever. Um, hey, I, I still, yeah, I still keep uh, in contact with, with Corey Robinson and obviously Frank, uh, two good friends yep. still. We, we, we text back and forth. I know they're both Bruins fans and, uh, we talk during playoffs and stuff. So all good, all good people, including yourself, George yourself. Oh um, man, don't stop lying to me, Jiggy. Um, I'll tell you yeah. that you were kissing my ass. Um, so answer me this question: World Juniors is coming up, right? I yep. saw you had a tweet, and Jack Hughes was in it, and it immediately piqued my interest today. Can guys like Hughes and Lafreniere and 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 those guys that are Still of junior age, are they? Would they become eligible to play in this? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it, 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 the World Junior Tournament is an under twenty age tournament, so as long as you don't turn twenty by the time that tournament rolls around, you are eligible um, to play. A lot of times, and we see the talented players um, in major, junior, or college that are drafted. Uh, particularly, as you know, George, you know, early first round that, you know, eventually just go on the next year, show up in the, in the training camp and then are on the roster uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, have a good spot there unless they're sent back to major juniors. So, so long as, you know, you look at a player like Kirby Doc, um, who had a, played a significant role for the Chicago Blackhawks last season, even played in uh, all, almost all the, uh, the Stanley Cup playoff games. Because the NHL, and I know we're going to talk about this, isn't going to start until January, um, or could start, well, might not start until January, there's a good chance uh, that Kirby Doc could be playing World Juniors while he awaits training camps to open for the Chicago Blackhawks because he still is a 19-year-old kid, and he could be part of that team. Uh, he was part of the team. Uh, obviously, he wasn't part of the team last year when they won because he was with the Blackhawks. 
But in the case mm-hmm. of Jack Hughes, he's still an, a, a 19-year-old player. I know he played with the Devils uh, full season last year. Um, but he's still eligible for this tournament. And, th- and that, that, you know, begs the question, you know, if the NHL is going to start the season late, particularly after January 1st, if they if this COVID thing is ongoing and, and becomes even worse, um, I guess there's that possibility the NHL will start a little later. So, why, you know, it's a good question, right? Maybe Hughes, why in order to get the rust off, shake some of the rust off, you play with players, uh, you know, your peers, players your age, the best players in the world at your age, um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to go into this tournament, uh, represent your country at the same time, perhaps win a gold medal or have the chance to win a gold medal. Why not do it? And Alexi Lafreniere, uh, obviously the New York Rangers, number one pick in the 2020 draft. He's in the same situation. And right now the door is, isn't completely closed. It's almost closed, George, for both of these guys, because if, if, if you know, training camps do open mid-December, these teams are going to want those players there. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that's the case with Kirby Dock. Getting back to Kirby Dock and the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks have already said if the, if the NHL season does start January 1st, that he needs mm-hmm. to come back to Chicago. So the bad part for the Canadian National Junior team is if they're in the midst of an undefeated round robin uh, where they go 4-0 and um, yes. and then are in the medal round and Kirby Doc is playing a significant role, he's going to have to go back to Chicago. So I don't know how that will fit. I asked him about it when he was on a, a Zoom call prior to their training camp if that would be uh, – if that would be difficult to, to leave your teammates at a time when you're going into the medal round. And he said, yeah, in a way it would be, but, you know, I'm a Chicago Blackhawk too, and i got to um, do what I have to do to improve, help improve the Blackhawks. So I'm just, he said he was just grateful that he would have an opportunity to be in training camp and maybe play those round-robin games just to get, like I said, the rust off uh, and, and play, play some high-caliber hockey before the NHL season starts. Mike, where, where is the uh, juniors being played? The the juniors are being it, what, initially. Angel was going to be played um, in Red Deer and Edmonton. There were going to be uh, two spots um, for for both groups A and B. Uh, it's a ten team tournament, of course. So five teams in each group. Five teams over in Red Deer, five in Edmonton. But because uh, of the COVID situation, now everything is in the bubble in Edmonton similar to what the NHL did uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, right, when they had the 2014 bubble in Toronto and Edmonton, and then uh, when they reached the semifinals, everything was moved to Edmonton. Um, so they will be in a bubble. All, all 10 teams will be in a bubble in Edmonton. I would, I would assume it would be a, a hotel, a floor for each team or something of that sort, um, and uh, they'll take it from there. But right now, the Canadian national junior team is in Red Deer in a, a supposed bubble there, but they have come down two coaches tested positive, a couple players test positive last, uh, late last week. So now the entire team, they had to stop training camp and they're on a 14 day uh, quarantine, no activities, no media avail, well, no on ice, no nothing. So, this is the world we're in, right? You're seeing this in the NFL. I'm sure you guys have discussed it ad nauseum. Um, you saw it make the baseball. Um, it, it's just very tough to, to quarantine and contain in certain areas. And that's the case in, in Red, Deer, Red Deer, Alberta right now, where um, 
everything has been shut down for the for the Canadian national junior team for at least another week. That's so they did they come into the bubble? Because I'm figuring like everybody's doing the bubble thing. Did they come in having yeah. it? Because the NHL did such a the NHL like I can't believe I've said this. Great job, right, George? Public, it was great. It, yeah, yeah. I, I Angel. I, Jigsy, I cannot believe these this work this next sentence has been uttered by me a hundred times in the last year. Gary Bettman is the best commissioner in sports. I mm-hmm. wanted to throw up in my mouth the first seventeen times I've said it, and I've kind of <laughs> gotten to the point where I can say it now. We like legitimately the way the NHL handled it, the production value of the bubbles this year was without question the best thing they could have possibly done. Yeah. And, it, I mean, and it's kudos it was, to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to, yeah. The sacrifices, right. The sacrifices made by the team, the players, you know, down to the guy that's uh, sharpening in the skates and the trainers, uh, to those uh, cleaning the seats uh, uh, and the benches. Uh, everyone just did a masterful job. I mean, face it, right. I mean, they had to do, I believe it was 5,000-plus tests each week, and not one positive test over the entire Edmonton bubble. That was the amazing end, part. And, and yeah. in both bubbles. Just an amazing accomplishment by the, the National Hockey. i got to be honest with you. I didn't think they, it, it was possible, but they were able to get it done. I mean, we were able to get, for, from a media standpoint, guys, we had Zoom calls every day after the games, mm-hmm. immediately after the games, five minutes we had post-game interviews via Zoom, so that that ran relatively smoothly, and we were able to get our stories in, and, and we were able to talk to who, whomever we really wanted uh, post-game uh, players, uh, you know, the coach, of course. Uh, so, so everything everything really worked out, no doubt. You know, it was like it was funny because like I would sit there and listen to like the post-game of the nights on like their radio station, like through like the TuneIn app and whatever, and like I'd hear Jigsy asking like with Pete DeBoer, and I'm going. Damn, I. And the fact that you have a relationship with Pete from New Jersey actually made it easier because, like, you could almost hear in his voice, he's like, oh, here comes not a dumb question um, post game, (laughs) especially when that. (laughs) All right. So, before I get into the million dollar question, the elephant in the room question, why isn't Gerard Gerard Gallant coaching in the NHL right now? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I mean, you know, he's had his his, his the, the jobs there, the positions that he held, and it seems like right now he's in a he's in a. I mean, obviously, I think we're in a spot right now where the only way you could be interviewing is via Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. I know I know the Devils uh, the Devils did interview Gerard Gallant uh, prior to hiring Lindy Ruff, um, which I thought Gallant was the perfect guy for them temperament wise i thought he was perfect what do i know could have been could have been uh, you know I, I know some people that that's true george i think some people feel as though the devils need to be pushed a little more too um yeah. i think players need to be uh taken to task and, and there needs to be a little bit more responsibility and and we know lindy ruff is that type coach um but you're right gerard gallant is an you know, is a, is a real good coach. Uh, obviously, things went awry in Vegas. It seemed as though he was in the right spot at the right time. Uh, they had a, mm-hmm. a really, really good team that first season that he 
led to a miraculous Stanley Cup uh, final appearance. But things mm-hmm. are sort of going south a little bit, right? Uh, as they maybe were losing some pieces and players were aging a little bit more. And, and uh, when teams began to realize what they were actually trying to do as far as that defense first approach and then pushing it up the ice. So, um, you know, they got that, you got Pete DeBoer there. He did a, I thought he did a, a really commendable job uh, last year. I thought maybe that team should have went a little farther than they did. Um, but you're right, Georgia. You know, I, I think it's just a matter of time before Gerard Gallant uh, hooks up with another team. There are some, uh, you know, there are some pretty fine coaches still available out there. But right now, there's only 31 spots, and let's face it, mm-hmm. there is going to be a 32 when Seattle comes to fruition, and they start their season in a couple of years. So there's a possibility maybe Gerard Gallant is, uh, is in line for that Seattle job. We'll see. Chixie, could you do me a favor and get out of my head for my next question? That was my next thing. Was going to be hmm, Seattle, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. holding out. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You know, here's the funny thing. Like, I full disclosure, I have become a half. I am a season ticket holder of the Vegas Golden Knights, even though I live in New Jersey. Resale market on those is so fucking good. Um, <laughs> um, I was out there in, in, in January, right before, right when they had that stretch that St. Louis. Pittsburgh, LA stretch where they gave up three goals in every first period. And like, I was there, for, I was at city national for a practice and there was like, it was an optional skate. There was like four or five guys on the ice and he was not one of the people on the ice. And I said, something's coming. And you could just like, there was this feeling just from watching the practice that something was coming. You just didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't yeah. expect it to be that close and that quick. I thought it was, I thought they were like, we got to move somebody, you know, and I thought it was going to be a player move, be a hundred percent honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. But I never, I never saw Gallant getting fired and definitely didn't see Pete DeBoer coming in. <laughs> yeah. People. Well, I, mean, I, I think, I, I think, I, I think uh, a lot, probably um, a majority uh, I would imagine the media thought that this could be a, a coaching change. Uh, um, I, I think uh, the direction the team was going, there just didn't seem to be that same vibe, right, George, that they had in no, they were the terrible. previous years. Yeah, something was off kilter. And when yeah, it started off, like December 15th, it's, it's and then it just. Yeah, it's not necessarily a player, right? It, it, it's got to be something else. So. Yeah. You know, and I guess Gallant was the scapegoat for that, for, for a poor performance by players. Um, uh, so, I mean, it, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, I'll just end it with, with what you said. I mean, Gerard Gallant is a good coach, and he'll eventually mm-hmm. hook up somewhere, and, and it could be Seattle. Who knows? Yeah, like like and Pete, bringing Pete in was, like, weird because of the playoff battles and, and all the chirping back and forth, like, you know, I'm in tune with the VGK universe or VGK worldwide or whatever they call that fan base, the fan group of everything. And like you, like I lived in Florida the day Dale Dale Earnhardt senior died. And Mm. you would have thought the president was killed the day they got rid of Gallant. You would have thought like that, like the team was like, Oh, we're moving to Quebec. Like that's how passionate (laughs) you have. You been to a game out there? I haven't yet. I haven't. No. I got to get out there, though. 
eventually. I'm too busy with the Devils. I'm in Newark all the time. Did I lose something? You got me? Hello? George? Mike, you there? You hear me? I can hear you, Mike. Yep. I think we lost George. George, you there? Bueller? (laughs) (laughs) Do you usually do the... uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Angie. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, I've been hearing stuff in, in, um, in passing that the league wants to do rollbacks on player salaries for next year. Um, do you have anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, I feel so, what, what, yeah, it's like much like, you know, Major League Baseball struggled to start the 2020 season. It's all about the money, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the CBA, which now runs through 2026, ensures a, a 50-50 split of hockey-related revenue, um, and it includes players deferring 10% of their salary for the, for the upcoming season, and, and it puts a cap on how much money will be kept in escrow over the length of the deal. So the, the, the thing, and what you had mentioned there, Angel, less than five months since the CBA agreement, the league has now asked players to increase salary deferrals to, to 20% or 26%. Um, and increasing the uh, escrow caps. And the reason the NHL owners expect to, to take, uh, the reason is, you know, NHL owners expect to take significant financial hits in, in the 2021 season due to the uh, uh, pandemic uh, and its impact on revenue, specifically uh, arena attendance. So the owners inform the players that they're looking for, you know, some additional cash flow. So um, that's why, you know, we got, we're in this position now where, the owners have asked uh, um, have asked for you know, kind of a uh, a new a new uh, agreement, so to speak, uh, with the with the salaries. So we'll we'll see where that leads um, in in the future. Is it um, possible? Is it possible for uh, there to be a disagreement so bad where we won't have hockey, or do you think that uh, this will be worked out and the season won't be in jeopardy for this? Not well, saying it won't I mean, be in jeopardy for COVID going forward, but you know, yeah. at least on this money issue. Yeah, you know, I, I would I would imagine that uh, it's going to be a, a situation where, you know, the the players are either going to agree or they're going to say we already have a deal in place and let's go with what we have. And I think the NHL is and everyone, including you and I, and I mean, we're in a position where we want to see hockey again and. I think that's the bottom line. So um, the NHL has, has, you know, relayed their concerns, and uh, I guess the NHLPA will make, uh, you know, will, will uh, have a have an answer to that, or and they'll either agree to it or, or say let's play hockey, and, and and the season, you know, will get will you know get underway at some point. Uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, it's going to stop the season from starting, whether that's January first or. Uh, mid-January, whenever that happens. Uh, it, it, at least it's not going to happen this year, as far as I'm concerned. Jiggy, is it like one of those okay. things where... <laughs> sorry about that, stupid internet. Um, is it one of those things where they could just say, okay, let's redraft, we'll add another year to the CBA that we already have? Um, 
No, I don't think it's going to come down to that. Like I said, I, I, I think it's either going to be that, uh, you know, the NHLPA looks into what the, the NHL has uh, has said and they'll either agree to it or not and we'll work from there. I mean, I um, that's the latest I got from it, from that, that vantage point as far as uh, the CBA is concerned. You know, it's very tough. I think the, the NHL is in a tough spot here, uh, um, Obviously, I don't think any of us expected the pandemic and all this to be ongoing for as long as it has, but it is what it is. And, you know, the CBA was in agreement, uh, you know, in July, uh, the NHLPA and NHL agreed upon something. So it's very difficult right now. I think the NHL is in a a difficult spot. But, hey, you know, players are paid by the owners. Uh, Let's see what the NHLPA comes with. Maybe they'll... Maybe they'll come up with a um, uh, something that'll be, you know, beneficial for both sides, not necessarily what the NHL wants, but beneficial for, for as a compromise. But we'll see. We'll no, see. No, would it be unreasonable if they asked Seattle for, like, their payments in advance? Because I, I know what they they have a payment coming up very, you know, soon. Um, I want to say it was like three hundred million that they were gonna that they have to pay. You know, could they ask for that up front? You know, I think that would be a... Yeah, that I don't know. I, I haven't asked, you know, we haven't gotten any confirmation with, with the, uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly or Commissioner Gary Bettman on that. Um, I think that's something that probably won't be assessed or talked about until the situation, you know, the situation comes close. I mean, there's still a season away, so I think they'll all wait and we'll see what happens with Seattle as far as that uh, as far as that cash goes. I mean, it's like one of those things. Like every team in the league has their season ticket holder payments for this year. Yes, you lose the hockey related revenue from like hot dogs and beer and selling merchandise. Some teams don't have that problem. Um, what are do you have any idea what teams are being advised to do? Like, what's the lead time we need? Like, if we say tomorrow, they say, okay, we agree to 18% escrow. And the owners say, okay, we'll take, you know, it's better than 10 and it's not the 26 we wanted, but we'll meet you in the middle. What's the lead time to start the season? Yeah, it, that, that, I don't know. I, I really couldn't tell you, George. You know, what? I mean, I, as far as the season goes, I mean, the two sides have targeted – and two sides, I mean, NHLPA and NHL have targeted January 1 to start the season. Um, some steps obviously need to be taken soon for that to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it could be as, as few as 50 games or as many as 70 for each team. Uh, division-only play, uh, a Canadian division, of course. Uh, you know, you're in your own arenas, uh, baseball-style back-to-backs in the same venues at least a week between the end of the season and the playoffs to, to allow for makeup games playoffs are, you know, we would think they would start by mid May and July 15th. Um, you know, I would, to. I would imagine, I would imagine George that, um, you know, the Stanley cup, they would want the Stanley cup to be awarded before the summer Olympics, right. That opened mm-hmm. in Tokyo on July 23rd. Um, and I, and I also know that, you know, they want to have a training camp for roughly two weeks. Uh, that they feel would need uh, to proceed the opening night. Uh, the later the season opens, the fewer games there might be. So, um, you know, I, I was listening to National General Manager David Poyle the other day, and I'm with him. He, you know, he said, 
remember him saying, uh, you know, I'm up for however it looks. You know, whatever the league and the PA think is best is the best way to, to get us back playing, whether it's with some fans, uh, no fans, TV being more relevant, whatever it takes to get the season going and get it in place, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, even if you said, like, as a league, say, all right, we're going to play – I think 60 is the magic number. Like, and I don't want this I to get into the – I, I don't want to get into the P and match yeah, that baseball had. Just say you want to play 60. Stop, you know, just say we're going to play 60, play whatever you're going to do. The first 30 games, nobody's in the seats. And then as we get to, you know, hopefully, you know, with the vaccination and everything and the more people and the numbers start coming down, okay, you can open it up to 10% of your fans, to 15% of your fans, to 20, to 25 Hopefully by this, the the cup final you're at 100 percent, and just say like this yeah. is how it's going to go. If there's spikes and we're going to go with, work with the CDC and local health, but it's just like I know I feel that there's teams that are going to really be hurt this year if they the less games they play. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. You know, it's just it's just so unpredictable, right? I mean, talking about this virus, you know, multiple Columbus Blue Jackets and and your boys in Vegas uh, recently tested positive for the virus. You know, team facilities are open for voluntary workouts with protocols in place, though those teams had to close uh, their off-ice arenas. Um, You know, after the NHL constructed the tight bubbles for the postseason amid that summer surge, players testing positive and and how to deal with that, like uh, other leagues Mm -hmm. have, might, might might, you know, might be a factor early in 2021. So, um, yeah. it's just so, so tough to gauge, but I, you know, you know, you, you're listening and you're hearing what the NHL is saying, George and Angel, like, you know, a division made up of seven teams based in Canada, right? Good. That's good. You know, it makes That's sense great. given the border with the U S is closed to non-essential travel through December 1st, uh, December 21st, I believe, and possibly beyond of course. But Gary Bettman said in, in November, the NHL isn't moving the you know those seven teams south of the border, so so they had to look at an alternative way to play. So if there was one Canadian division, maybe three U.S. divisions to to cut down on long distance travel, you know you could have a division, you know Arizona, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Vegas, Colorado, Dallas, and either Minnesota or St. Louis, uh, another division of Midwest Western teams, and then you know closer to home for us, a division maybe with the Penguins, Flyers. Caps, Jersey, Boston, and all three New York teams, including the Sabres. So um, playoffs, uh, you know, in the same divisions would determine the, the final four playing for the Stanley Cup. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there there is a plan. And, you know, obviously there's something that they want to put in place and put in motion to get the season, on, you know, in full swing here. I can tell you that the NHL has already postponed the, the 2021 Winter Classic. It had been scheduled yeah. for uh, – you know, New Year's Day in Minnesota, um, as well as the 21 uh, All-Star game, and that was uh, to be played in Florida. So, um, you know, it, obviously the NHL, and, and as we spoke earlier, they did such a great job with the, with the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know they're going to do the right thing here. They're going with the science and listening to the experts and what they have to say about this virus. And you're right, George, um, you know, perhaps a vaccine, and we're seeing all the news reports about, um, you know, the cocktails and the serums that uh, might be put into place here for our frontline workers and everyone else that's dealing with mm-hmm. this first and, and then eventually to those that are suffering through it as well. So maybe 
maybe, you know, we will have a season uh, uh, that we could get started here in January. Let's hope so. All right. Last two questions, and we'll let you out of here. Damn, I forgot one of them. Crap. <laughs> so one it. question. Um, when is Vegas wow. getting an all-star game? Oh, now I remember. When is Vegas getting an all-star game? Oh, yeah. You know what? I've been <laughs> saying, when is Vegas going to get an uh, NHL draft? Because then I'd be able to go to that one. <laughs> That'd be yeah, awesome. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, all-star game would be great. Uh, and I would imagine <laughs> it's going to be soon. Uh, you know, there are obviously some other some other teams uh, that they're probably looking at since Vegas just came in three years ago. So, uh, Like New Jersey, who hasn't had an all-star game in 35 years? Yeah, well, they had the, they had the draft, right? They had the draft it's like they're not going to give the – yeah, so, no. It's either one, yeah, right? But you're right. You're right. No, no, you're right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, we haven't had an all-star game in the new building, so uh, eventually that's going to happen, but – and, you know, the NHL is doing its due diligence and, and uh, you know, uh, trying to get this all-star game to all our uh, all our member clubs to, to help out financially and, and give but them a little But it feels like props, it's in Florida so. every other year, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, you know. Old whites you know, want to play golf in January. I got you, all you <laughs> media members. All right, two, is well, there a schedule drafted? Is I'm sorry, is there what? Is there a schedule drafted right now? Oh, a schedule draft, an NHL schedule? No, no, nothing. nothing really? Is right now? No, no, nothing is drafted right now. I, I, I think, I think first of all, I mean, there could be George, but I don't know of it. I mean, because in order to draft a schedule, you'd have to know what division, the divisions that are aligned, and which teams are in each division. Um, yeah. You know. It's going to be a full schedule, and like I said, they're going to probably end the season a week and a half, two weeks before the playoffs start, just to give teams a, a chance if they missed any games. So it, it's kind of it's kind of a tricky situation. Um, so until they until we as the public and media see an actual division, the divisions laid out, it, it's mm-hmm. tough to really think they have a schedule put in motion here, but. Who knows? Maybe the maybe as we're speaking, there they have these divisions lined up already in an all Canadian division, and and the and the and the schedule is kind of being mapped out. But right now, I don't have my hands on one, and I don't have any yeah, particular schedule to to divulge here on on the big program. So sorry about that, buddy. Oh, so you're saying that a league has a week and a half that they could possibly move games that are going to get get canceled because of COVID? What a novel concept! Roger Goodell. Could you imagine? <laughs> Holy you know crap! You're not, you're not the Something you're not the first sense. one. Yeah, you're not the first one to say that either. It's like what you would think the NFL would have thought of that, um, but there. Yeah, it's. I, oh, I gotta no, Roger Goodell. I can't. I gotta be NFL is straight re- reaction. The They're not a proactive group. Hey, yeah, Jixi, but, remember, you know, Roger Goodell thought it was a good idea to open up his basement for somebody to watch a Monday night football game with them and well, didn't I, think that Dave Portnoy was going to win that bid. <laughs> <laughs> think hey, you know what, George, I, I got I to be, on, be honest with you, though. I, you know, the fact that the NFL has gone almost 10 weeks, 11 weeks, without some serious cases, 
is, is kind of remarkable, don't you think? It, they ha- they have they've played shell games though. Like this this Ravens Steelers game is a gel- it's a farce it's now. A mess. Steelers, it's a mess. The Steelers have yet yeah. to have a bye week this year. And it's like, but like we had to watch the the Broncos play a game with you know you at quarterback. I could <laughs> you know watch a Thursday night game with the, with the damn San Francisco Forty ers playing me at linebacker. I mean, it, it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what the Steelers are complaining about because whatever they're doing, it's working for them. So I, I'm yeah. just keep my mouth shut and just keep playing. Uh, I think that's what they are and, doing. Yeah. Um, I, I heard I heard some rumblings early on in the week uh, about oh, yeah, the, yeah they are they are but you yeah. know they're undefeated too so what can they oh, complain yeah. about right oh uh, yeah well, Mike Mike Tom want to find something to complain about it's what he's good at <laughs> <laughs> Jigsy you are seriously my favorite person in the world I, I look I don't read many articles on NHL.com but like the Dosecki's guy I read all yours too. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, George. Appreciate it, buddy. Let's well, I mean, when your tweet, you're welcome. Hey, when your tweets come to my phone every time you tweet something, I really hate fans. <laughs> dumb questions. Jesus Christ. All right, so Mike, before you go, I just want to say it was a pleasure talking to you. And are you going to put Pat in your uh, all-decade team? Yes or no? <laughs> I can't do that. I don't. Know, I no longer work with the Star Ledger. Hey, you know what's funny too? I have I have that entire team framed. It's like framed. I had the, you know, the first old century team. But I got I got yeah. one of these. I got to go down there, and I'm sure Vernie's on that. His name is on there somewhere. He's it's on there. I think he was team. like second team. I I, I can He's almost be second I, team. I, yeah. yeah, I think he was second team, and I think that was the thing. I wish I still had that. I'm telling old you, old name, George. It was so close. It was so I close. Wish I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I still wish I had his my the old email so I could drag up the um, <laughs> drag up that t- that yeah. email. Yeah, I can't. You got five email. When you, when you mentioned that, I couldn't remember that email. Oh my god, it was hysterical. I, I'll never forget it. I was like, once he sent the email back, Angel, the clap back email. I was like. Oh shit! I'm so sorry. Don't tell anybody on me. <laughs> and then, and then, like two days later, we play a game, and he comes up to me in the hallway after the game, and he goes, he goes, "Hey, Mike Morial." I go, "What the fuck was I scared of? This guy's like two feet tall." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting any playing time anyway. What do I care if he tells him? <laughs> no, but Jigsy is my favorite. I like I, I am happier in my life when I see Jigsy at a game or just see his name like just look up in the press box. Hey, there's Jigsy. Um yeah. Have you been to Ve- I, before I got cut off, have you been to a game in Vegas yet? No, no, I haven't. Uh, Missing out, cut. I haven't. I haven't Probably. had any chance to to cover a game or an event in that in that area. I, I've been to Vegas oh. a lot, but um, yeah. I uh, until like you said, until an All Star game or the draft goes to Vegas, yeah. uh, or the Devils or the Devils reach the Stanley Cup final and are playing Vegas, will I get a opportunity oh my to, God. to maybe go there? Do you that understand? Do you understand the hell that would happen in my house if that happened? Oh boy! <laughs> I'm sure I'd oh have boy. to take a trip out there to go, but God, I do not want that to happen. There's like three things in my life I don't want to happen, like another giant Patriot Super Bowl, uh, 
because my wife will divorce me after the game. Yep. <laughs> yep. But Jigsy, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you. Sorry we kept you longer than I, pro- than I said. But it's just, always you know, a pleasure. It's good. Always a pleasure, George Angel. And, uh, um, you know, good luck to you guys. Stay safe and to your fans out there. And, and hopefully we'll watch the hockey real soon. Hey, just remember if they ever changed it, if they ever changed the promo code on NHLshop.com, let me know. I will. <laughs> I mean, I should have probably said that in a text message because everybody's like, what's the promo code that he has? <laughs> Don't ask how I got it, but I got it and I used the hell out of it. Oh, no, that's good. Jigsy, you're my favorite, man. Well, I know how to up my Golden Knights jersey game. Love those Golden Knights jerseys. Oh my god, the gold ones. Yeah. You know yeah. what the the gold ones on the Fanatics ones are terrible looking, but the Adidas ones are so nice. The Adidas are good. Yeah, the Adidas the Adidas are really sharp. Yeah. I just wish the Adidas is like, you know, made something bigger than a Smedium. Medium. We'll talk about that later. No, yeah, dude, the, right. like you get like the know, Reeboks, they, they the CC. They fit me fine, George. They fit me fine. Well, they fit you fine cuz you're 2 feet tall, you. <laughs> It's those people that are built like brick shit houses that they don't fit well. That damn tapered cut. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, I put one, I put one on in Vegas. I put one on in Vegas. I could barely get the thing off. Oh, it's like, let me slim fit you hug your belly. I was like, I didn't think a hockey jersey could be a piece of under. No. All right, Jigsy. Before I get in trouble from my wife and your wife. Good talking yeah. to you, pal. We'll do this again soon. Take care, buddy. See you, Angel. Take care, guys. <laughs> right, yeah, take care, bud. Uh, my favorite hockey writer. Um, so a lot of times when you hear stuff, it's not from him because I don't do that to him. I don't broadcast what he says unless I talk to him and bring him on the show. That was Mike Morial, senior. At this point, he's a senior staff writer because he's been there for 12 years. Um, staff writer from NHL.com who covers, you know, before they get to the league, and then he covers the Devils on a nightly basis for .com. Um Thanks, Angel. I I don't know what the hell happened. It was like eh, 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 done. I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it was um, almost like, oh hey. Ah, uh, yeah, that's how it was on my end. It was like it sucked. It was like I don't know what happened. I don't know if the computer froze, which then freezes my connection or whatever. But uh, whatever the hell happened. Um, but kudos because I like called in the list and I'm like, oh thank God, there's no dead air. Um, because I didn't want to do that to him. <laughs> Um, all right. There, there, there was like a like a about thirty second pause there. We're like, oh, what's going on here? What the fuck happened? All right. Um, we thank uh, Mike Morial for joining us. Louie called as soon as we called Mike. It was like oh. you just freaking knew it. Yeah, there you go. So I had to type on the right computer, stupid. All right, you're listening to uh, Brew and Angel talking sports. We'll be right back after this. Cup of whiskey, you say. Well, this blend of fine golden grain and single malt comes from the oldest distillery in Ireland. Because we are not here to take heart. We are here to take over. For upper number 12, Irish whiskey. Hi, folks. I've just spent a delightful time chatting with George Brew on his What's Brewing show. Boy, this guy asks great questions. He's fun to talk to. Just wonderful to listen to him and to hear what he has to say. And you'll enjoy it, too. So make sure to listen to What's Brewing with George Brew. You'll find that it's a time of your life. All right. Um, 
Patriots Cardinals this week um, was the was the story and the microcosm of the Patriots season. They won a game they shouldn't have after they lost a game they should have won. And, and, and it, here's my takeaways from this. Cam Noonan is the drizzling shits. He is, without a doubt, the drizzling shits. He can't feel pressure. He's been in the league for 10-plus years. He, he, he just – I don't know if he can't read a defense, but I'm going to go with that's the answer. He shot puts the football. Um. Yeah. You know, even <laughs> even when he won the the MVP, you can never say that this that this guy was a great quarterback. Listen, no. you know, he had a great year that one season. Um, but that had a lot more to do with his legs. Like he saw him in the Super Bowl, he was making business decisions because yeah. a couple of times with those footballs, you know, when he had those fumbles, he had a chance to recover. And no, he had jelly arms. Yeah. Straight jelly arms. You know, so, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not. Listen, he's definitely the better option of quarterbacks in the stable of Bill Belichick at this moment. Uh, however, he is not going to be a New England Patriot for that much longer. So I'm going to lead into this next game because I really don't want to talk about the Patriot game. Like, they lucked out. They, you know, they, they, Shouldn't have lucked. They shouldn't have had a need to luck out, but in the end they did. You know, they gave up some bad penalties on defense in the fourth quarter that led to the tying touchdown drive for Arizona. Cam throws a bad pick, sets up, thank God Zane Gonzalez, you know, can't kick a football straight, which then gives them a chance to win the game. They got a bad penalty to help them, so it made up the gun, the, the, the penalty, the, the illegal block, illegal blindside block on, on the Gunnar Olszewski return what do you want the player to do there he stopped he faced him the guy saw him he gave him enough time like fuck it's like a charge in basketball i guess at that point but whatever which sucks because Gunnar Osevsky for all the shit i've given him this year the shit that he's gotten this year hey man you had your moment to fucking shine this guy takes it away from you but you know it set up a touchdown for him leads me to the next question or the next topic because i could tie them both together watch how i do it Tampa Bay. I'm waiting. Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. Oh boy. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians are not playing nice in the sandbox together. Bruce Arians goes through the media every week and spouts off the mouth like he's Jerry Jones, like he's won a goddamn thing, like he has the fucking right to call out the goat. Tom Brady, on the other hand did what you're supposed to do as an NFL quarterback. He went to the media in the same fashion to get his point across, but did not do it himself. Tom Brady used his good friend, Tony Romo, to do it. One of those guys has to go next year. If the marriage doesn't work, it's going to end in an ugly divorce. Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich is the drizzling shits as an offensive coordinator. I think we're learning this now. Bruce Arians, his offense doesn't work. I I explained why that's true before. Because who the fuck wants to get killed? These guys are making business decisions. 
Malcolm Glazer is just crazy enough to say we're going to keep Tom because he sells jerseys. If Bruce Arians wins here and he gets to stay and he gets rid of Brady, is it feasibly possible that the next starting quarterback of the New England Patriots is not Ryan Fitzpatrick like I think Ian Book's the next guy after him, like I would hope. But is the next starting quarterback of the New England Patriots number 12, Tom Brady? Honestly, I can't see that. Um, I know we were kind of going back and forth uh, before about this, but I do have to say I I think the relationship between New England and Tom I'm not even saying Belichick here. I'm just saying that relationship has to kind of go its course now. It's like you made your bed. You know, you chose who you chose. First off, honor thy contract. You know, I. Well, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Our, uh, what if. No, it's not honor thy contract. It's what if they cut Brady? What if they got. Uh, you know what? Cut Brady. It didn't work. It could. Because it could happen. I'll tell you right now. Looking at Tom, Tom has not shown me that he can't play in this league anymore. No, it's the I think, so I think it's, it's the other one way of, Like I said, one of them I, has to go. I, I think it's Arians uh, being stubborn and saying, this is my offense, and you are here to run my offense. And, you know, this is, you know, coaches are like teachers, and the best teachers don't force knowledge down your throat. You know, they, they're the ones that kind of alter it to help you learn the best. So, like, we, we talked about John Fox, right? We talked about these great head coaches before uh, that tailored their teams to, mm-hmm. to, to the personnel that they have. And they tailor it. You know, why has New England been so great all those years? Because they, they – they they found players and they put players in the best positions to succeed. You know Tom it Tom can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. But Tom is not going to throw the ball fifteen times a game, twenty yards down the field. That's and that's not what he's doing. Strength. No. Exactly. So you got the greatest quarterback. You got the greatest quarterback. You have a great wide receiving core. You have Great uh, tight end. I know that, you know, Gronk is still rounding into shape. But, you know, Mm -hmm. you have, you know, every time I look at Ronald Jones, he's running for 40 yards. Figure out what what your team is. Your team is not running go routes every play. Tom cannot throw the ball 15, 20 yards on every stinking play. and, And here's the problem, Angel. Every stinking play does not have an outlet valve. In it, even the outlet valves aren't like to me. It's I think Brady I just said, was. You, ha- you, you, you got Gronk, you got uh, Bray, you have Ronald Jones, you got Leonard Fournette. That's a great, you know. Surprisingly, he is very good at catching the ball. No, you're hitting it right. In, you're hitting it right in the head. Where they're not using these, you know, they're not built into the system, which is 
amazing. Yeah, to me, it's almost like one of those things where, like, you could see, like, the passive aggressiveness of, like, Brady's move was passive aggressive. The overall aggressiveness of BA, who has never given a fuck, does not give a fuck, has always just, like, and that's why the media loves him. And if you and if you've watched it, the media likes him so much that now they're going taking cheap shots at Tom. Here's the problem: at some point, they're going to go. Wait a second. We're now watching these games. You've now been on national TV. The whole world is watching these games. Yeah. You played a game the other day that without that quarterback, you're not in. You could not. Your defense is overrated. Todd Bowles is the drizzling shits. Todd Bowles' defense looked great against Aaron Rodgers, and we were like, fuck, they're the greatest defense since the fucking 2000 Ravens, right? Like, that's what you heard. Then they played that giant game close. They lost to the Bears. And what did we came out of that with? Brady going, I thought that was fourth down. What the fuck? But what have we what what have we learned? Look at their losses this year. Outside of the bear loss, those are losses to good teams. Tom came from a system that if it's not working in the first half, fuck it. Because we have twenty years, we have fifteen years, we have ten years, we have five years, we have right, of doing this together. Yep. <clears throat> hey, Tom, fuck it. We're scrapping the game plan this week. Let's go back to 2014, week three against whoever the fuck we played. Let's do that. Okay, cool. This is what and we're going to do. that was amazing Fine. thing. Yeah, and, and we talked about This team is like, we're going to do, it, it, it's like they're a, they're, they're a Lamborghini, not a Volvo. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to go fast. I mean, you, hit, go fast. Well, you hit it right in the head there. Like, they, they went back, and they pull out these old playbooks of what they ran. And, you know, that's what made New England so great. Week in and week out, you didn't know mm-hmm. what they were going to have. You assume going in, all right, they're going to they're gonna light up it with uh, the passing game. Then the next thing you know, they got Rex Burkhead running for 200 yards. Yeah, Jonas Gray runs for buck 55 and is not even on the team the next week. Right, by design. <laughs> And that's the amazing – and see, that that's where – it's almost like franchise malpractice that Arians, you know, he's so fixated on what he wants to do, and he's trying to force his vision on the team, and it's not fitting. No. You know, what, what – Tom is one of the most accurate passers in history, right? He's not Drew Brees. But he's well, probably, what, top ten of what? all time in accuracy? Well, it's fucking real easy to be accurate when you throw every pass within four yards. Yeah, I but mean, those four-yard passes became 15-yard plays. Yeah, no, so, I know, you know but he, like... He's able to throw people open. Yeah, but the, the, know, the thing is with the, Breeze... But the thing is with Breeze is they always had a guy that could take the top off a of defense. Right, whether it was right. Marquez Colston, whether it was Mike Thomas. Yeah, like they've always had a guy to take the top off the defense, so you always respected the deep ball, right? New England only had that with Randy Moss. 
Like they've only had that once, and it was Randy. And then they kind of had it a little bit with Flash. They would have had it with AB if AB had, you know, not lost his fucking mind. But, no, but New England never had, had that. top receiver, though. Yeah, but he could stretch a defense. Those guys, AB can stretch a defense because you have to give AB a 15-yard. You have to play him 15 yards off the ball because if you let him get into fuck, if you let him get into fifth gear, you ain't catching him. That's what I mean by an over takes top off the defense kind of guy. Randy had an extra gear. AB has yeah. an extra gear. Devonte Adams has an extra gear. Um, Cheetah has like three extra gears, and he doesn't ever have to use one of them. He only uses them in the first quarter, though. He didn't need to not use them in the first quarter. Oh my quarter. god! But that, but what did they finally do there? Tabo's like, "Fuck, man!" But you know what? The the Chiefs the, look. That game became cheat close because of the Chiefs, because of Andy Reid. Andy Reid got super conservative in that game. Andy Reid should have kept throwing the ball to him. They weren't taking him yeah, out of the game. They, they, they couldn't stop him. No, they weren't going to stop him either. But in the end, one of those guys has to go down there. So Arians has been there for what, two years or three years? Two years. Christ. He's there two years. Jameis Winston didn't care about getting Chuck and playing Chuck and Duck last year. See, the NFL today, and this is what I was saying about Eli before, you can't turn the ball over as a quarterback 10-plus times. You can't throw 15 interceptions in the NFL today. You can't throw two a game. Jameis Winston was throwing two a game last year. He's the reason they didn't make the playoffs. They're not going yeah, to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs this year because the because the NFC East is bad and there's an extra playoff team, and because the Niners got COVID and injury and injured, and because you know, they, Arizona's they, going to the thing. they were they were a bad team last year. You play a bad you play a bad schedule. because yeah. what they got to buy this week. Then they got Minnesota, Atlanta twice. And Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How the hell did Detroit, I mean, uh, uh, Atlanta, blow the doors off of Vegas last, you know, on Sunday? I'm still trying five, to figure that out. Five turnovers. Yeah. Five turnovers. Five turnovers lead yeah, to talk- blowouts. And it, it's just what I'm just yeah. saying. Like, I can't tell you how many times I said Giant Stadium – and had to listen to people say, you're on the blue team, Eli. You're not the white team. You're not playing the Saints. How many times? I can't tell you how many times, especially against Minnesota. I feel like that's the only team he threw interceptions to was Minnesota. But he threw tons of them. Well, he had five the gunslinger one. shit's over. Like, the gunslinger shit is done. Josh Allen has learned to protect the football. And when he doesn't, they lose because they're not that good. The Raiders cannot turn the football over because they're not that good. Patrick Mahomes could turn the ball over five times. They could still score in the other four. Like, 
Yeah. Why? He's got a strong yeah, he, arm. He can throw. He can throw over. He can throw over five times. They win by twenty. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the sad part. Because the teams they play are going to turn it over. Because the only team that has really shut them. Look at what team has shut them out in the first half. New England. Why? Because New England knows they could stop them. And they're like, we can score with you. That's what they've done. The three times New England played Brady with them against with Brady against them, New England's like, fuck it, just go ahead and score. We'll take six minutes off the clock and we'll score. They got job last year against fucking Kansas City in New England. Yep. Which leads me to the gambler who sent Roger Goodell and <laughs> a letter to <laughs> Thinking the games are fixed. There Why, is he no. No, he had Seattle last night. No, I cannot confirm nor deny that this gambler's name was Tony Nardini. <laughs> cannot confirm nor deny that is the guy. I got. Oh God. I... Why do I have to be Nostradamus? Oh, why did I see that back door? I, I said it before the game. I told you before the game it was going to happen. I, I, if, I, I've learned to fade Tony. I really have. I still haven't heard from him. I, I might go down to his house tomorrow to make sure he's okay. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I just I look at that team. I look at and I look at Tampa, and it's because they've been force fed down our throats this year, right? Like you couldn't have paid me to watch Tampa Bay last year. Maybe if they were like no. a standalone game, but they were playing somebody I wanted to see them play. Well, I'm, I'm but, not gonna say because you know what? they they were very entertaining because Jameis would give it. And James would take it away. Oh, I, I, it, I remember. It's, it's fun to watch. Daniel Jones's first win in week three against them, right? Let's do this. Week three, week four, whenever the Giants played them and Saquon got hurt. I remember watching right. that game. People I know are like, oh, I can't believe we're losing to them. And I'm going, don't worry about it. Jameis will give you one back. Sure shit. Two minutes later, he gave him one back. Yeah, he gives it to you like crabs and wind Or the public. Yeah. Uh, Publix. It was a part. Yeah. But you knew Jameis was going to give that game away. Tom did not give that game away. I don't care what the final score no. was. Tom wasn't the reason they lost. Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles were the reason they lost. The reason that game was close was because Andy Reid is a Terrible football coach. Andy Reid did not want to put it on Tamp on Tom. I don't think he had anything about Bruce Aarons. I just figured I didn't think he wanted to put it on Brady like that. No, I think because he remembers the last time he friends. Yeah, but the last time Andy Reid put one on Brady like that uh, onto Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Bill, what do you feel about the quarterback situation? Really? On the Cincinnati. <laughs> We're on the Cincinnati. And man alive was Marvin Lewis going, fuck you, Andy Reid. Because fuck <laughs> the Patriots that Sunday night game, 12 rows from the end zone, was there when Brady ran out of the tunnel and hyped everybody up. Uh, yeah. They fucking teabag Cincinnati that Sunday night. That was a great. Play. That yeah, was one of the best games I've ever been to. No, but it was well, it was cool at the start of the fourth quarter when the Patriots did a thing to Devin to uh, Leah Still and all the the, the cheerleaders were wearing uh, Leah Strong jerseys. That was that was a nice touch by the New England Patriots that night, which they do a lot of shit like that. But you know, bad fucking picture up there. Oh wait, that's Penn State. Um. Alex Smith is a uh, damn moving right along. Um, Alex, <laughs> Jesus, Alex Smith back to uh, his pre-injury form. Alex Smith, Alex Smith cannot play, is a top to ten quarterback in the league. He doesn't have to play another game. He is comeback player of the year, and which you know, is God amazing. Him, I'm happy. I'm happy yeah. to see that after that injury, after oh. what was it, twelve surgeries. Um, oh, I forgot. Almost I lost his leg. Yeah. You know, that he can play. Forget about yeah. playing at the level that he played at. Actually, you know, forget about that. Yeah, who thought he'd forget come back about, to he, – he's just as good. Yeah, I, he looks better. Mm-hmm. Well, he put 300 up on the Giants in, what, two quarters? Felt like it. <laughs> Felt like it. I didn't you care know, Terry McCor- I had Terry McCorn at that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, that's what you want to see, and you know, thankfully the Giants didn't break another quarterback's legs uh, this past week. Uh, but uh, no, it's, it's amazing how. No, you know, no, they no, they actually they, did. They didn't break his leg. They just tore his hamstring. Well, it was their quarterback, though. Well, you know they. Don't, I didn't want to go back to that. Um, Jesus, what was the thing I didn't want you to get me going on? We can uh, go to that injury? soon. No, the other thing. The thing I told you, don't do that to me yet. We'll do it later. Oh, it was Brady and Breeze. Oh, no, the NFL, the, yeah. NHL, the, the schedule of shell game. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the Denver game. Dallas, done. Dead. Is McCarthy on the jet. Yeah, um, no. <clears throat> um, Patriots have defeated four teams. This comes from uh, Bob Sochi, uh, radio voice of the Patriots. The Patriots have defeated four teams with winning records in the NFL. Baltimore, Miami, Arizona, and Las Vegas. That's tied for the most in the NFL. The opponents they've been have a winning percentage of 463. Mm-hmm. Je- excluding oh. Jacksonville's one win over 7-4 over eight. It's the second best mark in the NFL to Oakland. Well, that makes no fucking sense. The, the rest of that tweet got a little bit out there for me. But, um, 
Yeah. Um, shit. I'm fucking rolling right along. I'm shocked Louie didn't call back. Well, I guess he figured when I hung up on him twice because we had a fucking guest on, Louie, you fucking jerk off. Because, you know, we're going to fucking let you on during a guest. So you can go, <laughs> I wish I get, you know what, when he does that, I want to get that fucking Gabriel Iglesias bit with that fucking sound only Mexicans can make. Like, Daddy, I'm valedictorian. Victorian. Just go be a whore. Um, that whole fucking bit. Um, so good news, uh, all three quarterbacks passed COVID uh, protocol, and they're good for this week for Denver, it looks like. Yeah. And Pat Summer's son got, got signed to the practice squad. Yeah, fuck him. He sucks, too. All right, hold on. I, I, I don't want to hit that yet. Um, Ram San Francisco. That's a pretty damn good rivalry between McVay and Shanahan. Shanahan owns McVay. McVay owns everybody else in that fucking division, but cannot beat the 49ers. It's amazing. But that's because it's two offensive minds that think that think alike, and Kyle, Kyle Shanahan just better fucking football coach. Well, they work with together in Washington, don't they? Yeah, but it's not like you know McVay was like. You would think at that point McVay would know how Shanahan thinks. Right, because he worked on the Shanahan. Yeah, it wasn't like Shanahan was like. You know, the OC, or it wasn't like Shanahan was like the wide receiver coach and McVay was the OC. It was the other way around. No, but I don't know how it is, but that that San Francisco team, they never die. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, they're finishing on Washington, man. They're just damn fucking feel good story of the year. Between Alex Smith okay, and Ron Rivera. Yeah, between those two. And the fact that the um director of football ops has said that they're gonna stick around with the football team moniker for another year at least. Okay, like so it. since every team is within a game or so of of each other in the NFC East. Yeah. Which Ron of Rivera's those coach teams, of the Well, which of those teams do you think makes the playoff as the number one seed, or do you think that no team would want to play or would have the best chance to upset in the playoffs? That's they go Giants. all the way. Giants. You think so? Yep. Yep. I said they, they got the hardest, you know, I actually, I hate to say Washington. Iron sharpens iron. You know, but that front four is just crazy. Pressure makes diamonds. No, listen, you I, can't I, run I, at I don't want to see a giant. I sure shouldn't get but the I think, fucking Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are not going to say Can we talk about the, can, no. can, can, can we say, uh, talk about Carson's one throw yet? Not yet, because I don't know which one's going to give me more fucking agita, talking about the NFL scheduling or that. Um, here's the funny thing. I have a take that includes three teams. I want you to, I want you to guess which three teams the take hits. Bad management, terrible owners. 
Bad mansion, terrible owners. Uh, I'd say, you want historically or this year? The last 20 years. I'll give you four teams. Jets, nay, Brown- nay, nay, four teams. I, I, Jets, Browns, uh, Bengals. Uh, and Bears. You got two of the four. Those are the four teams I choose. All right, you got two of the four. The four teams that I was two talking about. Bears and Jets, obviously. Jacksonville and Detroit. Shad you know, yeah. is has no business running a football team. Since he Which took over team? the any team, he has no well, he, business running an NFL team. Since Shad Khan, because he has, he's not hands on there. I want to get the exact team. record. I, I, Angel, I want to get the exact record of Shad Khan as an NFL owner. It's going to be skewed because that one year. No, I know it's I know it's skewed, but I'm just going to tell you what his record as an owner is. Shad Khan has lost a hundred games faster than any NFL owner in the history of the game, and he's owned the team for nine seasons. Oof. Are you ready to hear his records over the time he's been an NFL owner? Go for it. Or should we take a break and bring this back and come back for this? Uh, break time. Because I got thrown a dip. So basically it's like, do we throw it? Hey, you know what? Because I think that he's the next quarterback of the New England Patriots. My favorite call of the Brady ever. Brady's in the gun. Bolt into his left. He's got the who man on the right wing with Dobson to the right. Collie and Tompkins left. Brady throws it to the end zone for Kendrell Tompkins. Leaping. He got it. Touchdown. Kendrell Tompkins. Brady's back. That's your quarterback. Hold on to Billings. Are you ready for this? In, in comparison, so he's owned the team since 2012. Okay. Right. He's owned the team since 2012. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. They have 100 losses in nine years. He's been the owner of the team for 142 games. Do you want the win totals or he has one year over 500? And that was the year that they went to the conference. Yep. How many 500 seasons? 
he's got one year at 500 or better. The better question would be how many years of 250 or better? Wow. How many seven and nines does he have? Zero. Six and tens? One. Five and elevens? Two. Five and twelves? Four and twelves, one. No, I said five and twelve. How many? You can't go five and twelve. That's 17 games. I know. They're not. I'm just trying to, just trying to give a guy a break here, man. I'm trying to give him a bone. No, no, no. So what? It's, it's, it's been what? Two and fourteen and three and. Uh, two and 12, four <laughs> three and 13. Three and thir- all right, all right. Here you go. Two and 12, four and 12, three and 13, five and 11, three and 13, 10 and six, five and 11, six and 10, one and 10. Yeah, let's pull up the schedule. Do they have a win left on the, on the schedule for this year? No. In comparison, let's just like let, let, honestly let's think about this. In comparison to somebody who else took over a really bad football team. Right. Um, where is he? In comparison to what is he? Oh fuck! I screwed up the way this fucking thing was done. In comparison to Robert Kraft. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this. Robert Kraft's worst season as a Patriot owner just happened to be this his year. first season with Bel- Bel- Bill Belichick. Wait, wait, six and ten that year, or seven and nine? Five and eleven. Really? That was the worst record that the New England Patriots have had under Robert Kraft. So in twenty-seven schedule. In twenty-seven years got, as a New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft is two ninety-six and one thirty-one. Included the including something. playoff games. He's 329 and 146. He's 180 games over 500. Disgusting. He took over a this fucking bigger dumpster fire than the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Yes. The Patriots pre-Robert Kraft were a fucking dumpster fire. Oh, yes. Right. I'll, give you this. I'll give you the eight years before. 
Five and eleven, one and sixteen, six and ten, two and fourteen, five and eleven. Uh, and five and eleven was fittingly Parcells' first year too. Think about that. Go ahead. All right. So here's here's Jacksonville's last couple of games. Tell me if there's a win. Okay. Minnesota. No. Tennessee. Nope. Baltimore. <laughs> maybe their whole team will get COVID again. Go put it maybe on this one. No. Chicago no. Bears. No. And the Colts. No. Depends. Who's playing quarterback for the Bears? If Think about it. If Philly Riv doesn't throw, have like a, a shit game in that one. Indy turned over the ball twice in that. Indy doesn't turn the ball over twice. They don't lose that game. And them and the Jets are fighting for 0-16. Jets have Vegas? No. Seattle? No. Rams? No. Browns? No. Patriots. Nope. That PM's going to mean something. Nope. Yeah. You know, talk yeah. to that same mutual friend of ours. Uh, they keep, you know, he keeps saying that, you know, Belichick is going to throw the game. And I'm like, that's Belichick. No, because that game could mean the playoffs for them. Think about that. That yeah. game could mean the playoffs for them. They're five and six now. And then they Baltimore have is going to drop to Baltimore is going to drop to six and five. The Raiders are six and five. You own the tiebreaker over them. Cleveland's the one is the first wild card. I'd actually have to look and see how it breaks down because I don't have that open. Okay, so they got the Chargers this week. Mm-hmm. Then they stay stay out there. That's amazing. They they play the the Chargers and they stay out there to play the Rams. Well, I'm sure that they, I'm sure Robert Kraft pushed for that. Then you got at Miami. Win. And then uh, 16 and 17 against the Bills and the Jets at home. Bills, yeah. All right, so if we can assume a win for the Chargers, that's I think if you could, I, I, I'll tell you right now, ten and six. No. By hitting on those two. The Rams. 
I'm thinking let me tell Miami you, or Buffalo. Let me tell you, they're going to make fucking Jeff. They are going to make fucking Jared Goff look fucking pedestrian. Yeah, I think Miami or Buffalo can, can, can beat them. No, I don't think Miami can. Miami could because the game's down in Miami. What does Buffalo have left? See, if you're just being fucking Houston, they'd be six and five. And then you could say, well, you know, you're definitely in the driver's seat. Let's see here. At worst, nine and seven, and they keep the string of above 500 seasons going. All right, so Buffalo has San Francisco. That's a point. That's a Monday night game. Yeah, December seventh. Uh, then they have Pittsburgh. That's a loss. Denver. In Denver. New England. No. In Denver. At home. home. How do they have Denver at home? Oh, what the hell? Are you? No. Oh, hold on. All right, so they have they're in San Fran, home against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. in Denver, in New England, and they finish on a road in Miami. Steelers couldn't play a spot this week. So here's the thing. New England is 10th. So they're three. They need, they got the Raiders and Ravens ahead of them, who, by the way, they both beat. They beat them both. All right, so here's the question. In the NFC, do you want to win the West or you want to be the five seed? I say you win the West because you get the home game. You win the you you're the you're the five seed, you get the NFC East. Yeah, but traveling cross country, um, I don't think the Giants and especially like I said, for me, the Redskins or the football team. The football team is probably a team I don't want to face right now. I think their defense is legitimate. Alex hmm. Smith has brought stability to the quarterback position. I'm not saying that they are a complete great team. All I'm saying is that they're dangerous, and if you got cross, you know, go cross country to play in Washington, uh, or MetLife, trouble game, right? I see that it's a, it's a trouble game, and if anything, I'd rather I'd rather have the home game. Yeah, you're not playing right. a high. 
So right now, if the if the if the playoffs were to start today, okay. the Packers would have Arizona. Seattle would play Tampa. The Giants would play the Rams. Those are all fun games. And the Saints would have a bye. Because the NFL Those does all... not want to go to the, the NFL does not want to Those... go to week eighteen. And add an eight. Those are all fun games, man. Uh I, I like all those games. And think Arizona about Green it. This Bay way. Would be fun. With the disastrous start that the Vikings had, which also hurt them that they didn't have Dalvin Cook. Right? Like I, I legitimately wrote this down Monday night. Where the hell is it? Uh, where the fuck? Oh, Dalvin Cook makes Minnesota a potential Super Bowl champion. So how far are they right now? They're they're five and six. They're right, they're right behind Arizona. Baltimore would miss the playoffs. The Raiders would miss the playoffs. The Patriots would miss the playoffs. The Bears would miss the playoffs. The Vikings would miss the playoffs. The Niners would miss the playoffs. The 4-5 game would be Buffalo-Cleveland. The Chiefs would have Indy. The That's Dolphins sad, would play the, the Titans. Now, would how play would that be? The Dolphins. Tannehill versus his old team in the playoffs. I, I like that KC indie game, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those crapshoots because you don't know which Philly Rivers is going to show. Yeah, he's been better lately, though. Well, All right. This last game against Tennessee it was just atrocious. It was a curb stomping. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's see, you've done that. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't even want to get into them. Shag Khan's an idiot. You, you definitely knew that it wasn't going to last for Matty P there. They should have never fired Jim Caldwell. I mean, it, there's a team, what, nine, seven, two straight years, and you changed the coach. I mean, you changed it. I like Matty P. I think Matty P is going to go back to New England and be the D.C. there. Because I don't think he's got another NFL job. Usually it doesn't happen for those Patriot assistants. They usually have to go back and become DCs or coordinator somewhere else. Um, here's my thing on the Jets. Just like Dallas. It's so funny because I wrote them on the same line. I don't think that Mike McCarthy is the problem. I don't think that Adam Gase is the problem anymore. Uh and and here's why I say that. If you've watched the Jets, if you've watched the Cowboys, there's no accountability for the players from anywhere else. You've heard Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, what he said about Ben DiNucci today, was in a bad spot in a game where he should have won, you know, and saying, like, oh, it was the equivalent of putting Ben DiNucci in. Fuck no, it wasn't. Shut up, dickhead. You're the problem there. The ownership of the teams we mentioned before, 
and Dallas is the absolute problem. I don't care how great of an owner Jerry Jones is. I don't care how much money Jerry Jones makes for the league and for the team. Jerry Jones is the problem. No owner should be the GM. No owner. He Fucking Jerry Jones does more press conferences a week than his fucking head coach. Jerry Jones is... Yeah, Jerry Jones is the face of the Dallas Cowboys. And there's a reason why the Dallas Cowboys have not won and now going on 25 years. Darnold is is exactly what I thought he was coming out. And next week, we're going to do this. I'll do this and I'll tell you exactly what I mean. I don't want a quarterback from the Pac-12. I don't want a quarterback from the Big 12. I want quarterbacks from the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, or back then the Big East. I want a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers said it today on the Pat McAfee show. You can download the podcast on any podcast form that you want. Apple, You watch it on YouTube. Aaron Rodgers said, you want quarterbacks to bring your hands to play in the weather. Granted, and Aaron Rodgers is a cow, but cow, but cow's not Southern cow. Playing a cow, you play in elements. You play a cow, you're playing in the elements because your home game. Because what's colder than uh, San Francisco September? Winter in the Midwest. In uh, New York. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stanford, same thing. I loved Andrew Luck. Bruce Aarons is the reason why Andrew Luck's out of the league because he got him fucking killed. Right? Yeah. But you know, Darnold. We talked about. We talked about Aarons. You you see that? He's got the the way he has his quarterbacks play. You know, it's career suicide. He doesn't believe in building an offensive line because he wants all the weapons. He wants weapons. And I don't blame him for wanting weapons, but, hey, there's a reason why the Patriots and the Steelers and Green Bay and you name it, name any team that's had in the salary cap era have had sustained success. Indy. Why? Because they spent their money on, as my good friend Ray Lucas calls them, the big fatties. Offensive line, defensive line, win football games. Andy Reid has had six, and, and I can't say the Eagles because they didn't, but Andy Reid has sustained success. Why? Because Andy Reid builds offensive lines and defensive lines. Why have the, When the Jets were good, what did they have? A great def- offensive line. A great defensive line. When teams are really good, great offensive and defensive lines. But what they fall in love with is paying specialists, skilled position players. And I and I consider seven guy, six guys on the offense and seven guys on the defense as skill position guys. Corners, 
linebackers, safeties, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, quarterbacks, are all skill position players to me. The big fatties that drive the pickup truck, that drink a case of beer after the game and sit there and fucking short sleeves after a game in Giant Stadium in fucking December in a snowbank, dude, give me those guys all the week. Your quarterback can drive an Aston Martin. Your def- your offensive lineman better be driving F-250s. And if you're a left tackle who got a big payday, you better buy your quarterback that fucking Aston Martin as a Christmas present. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Hmm, hint to Green Bay. <laughs> you keep Aaron happy. Philadelphia's problem now is that Carson Wentz has regressed. Carson Wentz is showing to be the guy who you thought you were drafting. And their offensive line is porous. Frank Wright was the reason why the Eagles were good. It had nothing to do with with uh, Peterson, with Doug Peterson. It had nothing to do with him. It was Frank Wright. Jim Schwartz well, may have funny. done the dumbest. Jim Schwartz, I don't know if you've heard this, Angel. Jim Schwartz, before the game yesterday, went up to DK Metcalf and told him, hey, I was in Detroit with Megatron. You ain't him yet. And DK Metcalf goes, Megatron. <laughs> I just remember him and Harbaugh <laughs> bitching him. I just remember when him and Harbaugh bitched him on about too hard of a handshake. Oh. So, I want to go back to the firing real quick. Mm-hmm. So, I want to play a game in or out. All right? So, I'm going to go through some teams, tell me in or out, and then I want you to give me a person to replace them. Okay. All right, we'll start with the North, AFC, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. No chance, right? No, Harbaugh's staying. Yeah. Cincinnati. Zach Taylor's staying. Cleveland. He's staying. And Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin has gotten no respect on this show for 10 years. Mike Tomlin deserves all the respect he's owed from me, and that's a mea culpa because I've always thought he was a great cheerleader. They never put it all together. They scare me in the playoffs because somebody, they're not that good. They, they're, they're smoking mirrors this year. They're playing, you know, the NFC least, and fuck, I forget who else they play. In the AFC South. There was bad football teams there. That was six wins that they, you know, that was six wins. And then, yeah, they just, they didn't finish in first last year. So they didn't play a first place schedule this year, which meant they played who? Buffalo and what was their other common opponent? Uh, I, Mike, Mike Tomlin for the fact that he kept it together with Lev and, and AB and the fact that, 
he coaches guys up. You can call him a cheerleader all you want, Terry Bradshaw. That dude is a hell of a football coach. So we're going to go no on that one. No. Buffalo. No, he's not going to fire. Miami. No, Buffalo's not getting there. He's not getting fired. Patriots. Nope. I think he's a part owner of the team at this point. But do you think he'll leave? No. Nope. All right. Team number 10 here, the New York Jets. Nope. I think he, he has to get fired. I don't think he is. I, I, I think we, the Jets we just, need to. We just to... looked at the schedule, and there's no. No, I, look, I think, I, I think even if he goes 0 16, I don't think the Jets want to pay another. Co- like, the Jets are paying three head coaches. They're paying an exec. They're paying two executives who are no longer there. Yeah, he gets one more Jackson year. Here. Yeah, he's but Hugh Jackson wasn't Jackson the problem either. there. No, he he's going to be there another year. Uh, he's got a short I, I leash next no. year. He's got a very short leash next year. So when he goes into week one and he loses, <laughs> that's when he gets fired. No, I think I think by week next year he gets fired. I don't think he gets fired this offseason. I, 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 for me, Matty P, the writing was on the wall. Matty P should have probably been fired last yeah. year. Um, Bill O'Brien shouldn't have been fired, but because of what he did is why he got fired. I think he got fired because he was the GM. He got, he got fired he, because he was, he, the, he was everything. He was judge, right. jury, and executioner was, there. If he was a head coach still and not the GM this year, and I think not he's fine. not just not just not just the GM Angel. He was also the contract negotiator. No, I, I agree. Like I said, if he was just the straight coach, I think yeah, he's, he's still, still there. coaching. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're, we're it also doesn't help when you one. challenge. It, it also doesn't hurt when you challenge JJ Watt to a fight. And J.J. Watt is Mr. Fucking Texan. Like, that just shit ain't going to fucking fly. But that's because the Houston Texans organization is a dumpster fire. All right. So that's what it comes into down to. Houston. Who do you think is the next, the next head coach here? Because that's going to be Cornell. It's not Romeo. Romeo, if, he, if Romeo wants to stay, Romeo can stay. As a DC, I, Romeo's like 75, 76 years old. Does he fucking yeah. want to keep doing this? <sighs> I, I know who I'd like to see there is Lincoln Riley, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Is it time for him to jump into the NFL? By the way, I, I did. I pulled this up. This this came across while Jigsy was on. Lincoln Riley has asked Bob Stoops. To start coaching with them. Hmm. Just things that make you go, hmm. To me as a head coach, I don't know if I want this job. They really got no draft capital coming up. I wonder what their salary cap situation is going to be. Yeah. You're paying a quarterback you know, $40 million. Look, you got one of the best young quarterbacks in football. That's the only You can get you can get creative and find guys. There's talent there. I, you know, I wonder I, if Fuller's suspension 
might bring him back on a cheaper deal. No, somebody's going to pay him somewhere else. He can't stay healthy anyway. This is like typical of him. You're not getting 16 games out of Will Fuller anyway. So, whatever. All right, next team. Colts. No, Frank Wright's there to stay. All right, the next opening, because we all know that Maroney's not going to be there, is Jacksonville. Who will be the next head, Who will be the next quarterback there is a better question. That I don't know. Well, it, you know, they're behind the Jets. And while we don't see another win in the Jacksonville future, I don't see another win in the Jets' future. So it's and not going to be Jets do, And here's the worst thing. If the Jets do steal a win, okay, if the New York Jets steal a win, Jacksonville goes one and fifteen. Jacksonville is the number one seed. Or and gets the number that one. Win, Adam Gates is fireable. <laughs> you fire him after that win. You throw him the hell out after that win. What the hell do you think you're doing? You don't give a whole sense to then win a game. I look at it this way. I Look, I think Trevor Lawrence is the consensus number one pick because that's what the media wants. I think Kyle Trask is the better quarterback. And he definitely doesn't have the – you know, I I, I said my piece on him enough. I'm okay. I'm done with with my anti-Trevor Lawrence shit. They put up the same amount of yards, the same amount of points that they they put up with him than they did without him. Travis Etienne is the best player on that team. To me, they're nothing different than those USC teams with Leinard and Bush. Travis Etienne is better than Reggie Bush when he gets to the NFL. But hold on here. Trevor Lawrence is way better of a prospect than Matt Leinart was. No, they were about the same. No. Yes. I don't think so. If Matt Leinert left after his junior year, Matt Leinert's the number one pick in the draft. Yes. Matt Leinert stayed, and then he got the treatment that all the guys that stay do is that now everybody it, – it's just like Darnold. Darnold comes out after his after that the, the Rose Bowl against Penn State. Darnold's the number one pick in the draft. Darnold stayed – the team around him wasn't as good. He lost Juju Smith-Schuster. He lost guys on the offense. And then people were like, "Yeah, he's not that good. So he fell. Well, he fell to three. Should have been one. All right. So right now I got two openings. You got one opening. He right, fell to three because of who was sitting at three. Because of who was sitting at two and three, he fell to three. There were, you know, teams that just drafted a quarterback. He keeps falling. Okay, next. Tennessee. Tennessee. Vrabel's not going anywhere. Exactly. He's safe as can be. Mm-hmm. Denver. I think, Van, I, I think Fangio's gone, but I don't think Elway's going to do it. This guy would get the treatment that you give him to Gase, for me. Um, 
like just look at the things that he's had to deal with. No Vaughn Miller, uh, mm-hmm. all his quarterbacks that COVID. You know, I think he gets the the gauge treatment for me. I, I think he's going to say, and plus, what, there's only year one for Fangio, right? Yeah. Or is it two? Yeah, it's year one. So Year two. You have to assume he's safe. Yeah, you would have to. Uh, Kansas City. Do you think We're Reed on. keeps going, or do you think he passes the torch to the enemy? No, I think Andy Reid stays. I think when that's going to be. I think when Andy yeah, Reid goes, that's when. I think the Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid goes when the salary cap implications become too much and they have a down year. He's still calling plays. I mean, it's not like. He's staying. He probably has the most fun job in the world. Yeah. Unless you're the right tester of fucking Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only job more fun than that is, like, being the right tester at Six Flags, you know? Like, oh, I got to ride the road every day? Okay, this job sucks. <laughs> okay. I, and I get paid for it? <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Oakland. Not Gruden's safe. Gruden, Gruden, Gruden's owed too much money. Yeah. They love him in Vegas. What is, he, what is he, like, year three already of a 10-year deal? Yeah, he ain't yeah, going nowhere. Four. No, him and He's Mayock are putting together. Him and Mayock are, are, are putting together a good program out there. Yeah. Chargers. Every team needs a Anthony Lynn. Oh, he's that's where Eric Bieniemy so, goes. Woof, him with Herbert. Yep, that's where Bieniemy goes. Chicago. Gone. And 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 Ryan Pace too. Yeah, that that has to be a super. That's a twofer. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Detroit, that's the right opening. Do you think Harbaugh goes here? I think the Ford family is just dumb enough to do it. I'll tell you, I I got Harbaugh lined up for the Jets. No, I think he either goes to Detroit or he goes to Chicago. And I don't think the NFL wants him. I, I I don't care how much fucking every talking head thinks he – I don't think the NFL wants Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is a fucking disease. I think he's a disease that team, teams want. I don't think so. Remember, the Jets are trying to destroy the, the door just to get through to him. Yeah, before and he didn't game. want it. And he didn't want it. Oh, you know what? Back that way. Don't let, uh, we, we'll save Harbaugh because I, 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 I have something on Harbaugh. But keep going. Okay. So, so, so far we got two teams in the north that are going to need new coaches and GMs. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Green Bay. 
No, I think Matt LaFleur is pretty safe. Aaron Rodgers loves him. Mike Zimmer in uh, Minnesota. No. That team still plays hard every week. He's he's built up a lot of capital. We'll have a bad year. If they didn't lose to Dallas, they'd be in the playoffs right now. Think about that. That was was such a shitty loss. It was. Speaking of Dallas, Dallas. I'd be hard-pressed to see him fire him. Giants. No, Joe Judge is safe. Philly. I think he gets the Adam Gates treatment. I think he's got to come out of the gates fucking firing all cylinders next year. Washington. Ron safe. Atlanta. Who replaces uh, Quentin? Well, that's a twofer right there, right? Yeah, they're both fired. Yeah, it's a twofer. I don't know. that. I don't know who replaced them. I don't know what they do next year. Carolina. Matt Rule safe. Matt Rule safe. Matt Rule is going to – Matt Rule has got a good program down there. I like Matt Rule a lot. I like them at Temple. Yeah, um, yeah Matt Rule safe. New Orleans? No, he's not going anywhere. He only goes somewhere if he wants to. Here's your team, Tampa Bay. Malcolm Glazer's a nut job. I think, I don't know if B.A. quit, retires, or what? I, I think he has to get fired. I don't think he gets fired. I think he'd have to retire. All right. Arizona. No. Kingsbury's fine there. McVay's, McVay's a good-looking guy. He's young. He fits into that L.A. vibe. I ain't going over. San Fran? Nope. And Pete Carroll just signed the extension, so that's a no on Pete in, San, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So let's see. We got one, two, three, four, five. You got five. I got six openings. No, there's already three. So it's not like, you know, I only have two. Really? Well, you got Lynn and Jacksonville and Moroni. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got Maggie. So that's three right there. Oh, so then I have six guys because there's three, three openings. Yeah. Yeah, I got seven. All right. Yeah. All right. Harbaugh um, has to get one of these spots. I don't think so. All right. Before I hit that and hit college, um, Aaron Rodgers is now 12-0 and against the spread after a loss in his last 12. So if Aaron Rodgers loses, 
Now, bet against them winning the next game by the spread. Enough there. But, okay. College football, or do we want to talk about the shell game that's going on with NFL scheduling? Let's go with the shell game. Okay. Phil in the offseason sent a letter to teams stating that we don't care about fairness. We understand the year, which is total hypocrisy on the NFL's part. They have moved games. They've played a shell game with the schedule. You know, they, they moved a, a Tennessee game. They did that to the Steelers. They did that to the Bills. They, they did that. They did it to Kansas City. The Patriots said, fuck you, we're not playing against Denver. So they moved that game back a week, and then they had to play a shell game with some of those games. You've seen now what they have done to the fact that we get the Sun Bowl tomorrow at 3.30 Eastern on NBC because NBC's like, fuck you, you should have canceled this game. We get it, but we're not telling them not to light that fucking tree. And then you saw what the NFL did to San Francisco, who had an outbreak, forced them to play a Thursday night game against the fucking Green Bay Packers, which was a disaster for the San Francisco 49ers. And then the Denver Broncos and what they did there, all because the NFL is afraid of opening the Pandora's box to have graduate assistants basically be players that they could stash bullshit coaches just in case they need a Zamboni driver to play goaltender for them. Oh, I mean, wait, what? Oops. What the NFL did to the Denver Broncos just shows what they think of the Denver Broncos and John Elway. If that was any other team going into that game and Sean Payton played that game, right? You know, we're not going to fucking throw the ball over the field, even though we can, we're just going to run it. We're going to get out of here with a win, and that's it. Sean Payton should be commended for what he did. The guy that 11 years ago, you were talking about his sportsmanship and all that bullshit. There's a guy who said, hey, we we get it. We don't like it, but we get it. Who's a member of the NFL's uh, competition committee, which really – does show what the NFL thinks about um, the Denver Broncos. The game should have never been played. Or it should have been at least pushed back to today. But because it was a regional game on CBS, nobody gave a shit about it. They're like, fuck it. But they bent over backwards for this fucking Steelers-Ravens game tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah, I don't like how they kept... They kept floating that game because that was a that was a Thanksgiving game. Then they yeah. pushed it to Sunday. Then they yep. pushed it to Tuesday. Now they pushed no, it pushed, to Wednesday. Pushed it to Monday. Then they pushed it to Tuesday. And now they pushed it to Wednesday. You know that that's first off that's not fair to both teams. And I think what I think uh, was it Baltimore that, that had a game on Thursday. Already scheduled with Dallas. 
So they're going to play Wednesday and then play Thursday? I know they, they pushed the other game back. But, you know, I, I, it's very confusing to people. And, once again, you made Denver play with no quarterback. Yeah. You should make Baltimore play with whoever they have. Well, they don't want that. And the, but the simple fact and, and, that and you know what, Angel? To... Here's the thing. I, if this is the thing I don't like about the Steelers and the Rooney's, I think anybody else would have said, "Hey, you know what? All right, let's do the Week 18 thing. Let's push this game back. Let's do the Week 18 thing, right? Get us a buy because they haven't had a buy since Week Three. The Steelers, right? But the Rooney's who have as much power in the NFL as the Joneses, the Crafts, and the Maras have, could have stepped in and said, this is bullshit. We're not doing it. We'll play it another day. We'll play it if it means something. But no, the Roonies are part of the problem in this game. The Roonies have pushed for this game because they have tickets sold. How many people are going to show up at 340? I mean, the fucking Yinzers will be there going, Dad, get Dad. Let's win the game, eh? Time <laughs> some cocktails after the game. Let's go to Permanente's. Yeah, we'll go to Permanente's and bring some cocktails with us. We'll park our boats near the stadium. Go to pick ketchup bottle. Go Donner. <laughs> fucking not give a fuck about your team and their health and their well-being about playing the game, having to fucking play a shell shell game with the rest of the fucking season, never fucking mind. Be like, oh, we can beat Washington. Who gives a shit? This is what this all came down to. It's disrespect for the Washington Washington football team. Old man rooting would never let this happen. No. No, definitely not all man Rooney let this happen. Baltimore's owner obviously should just look at the league and be like, are you fucking kidding us right now? You're going to make us play this fucking game now? Why? Why? And it's played at 3.30 on a fucking... You have to wonder. Why couldn't they just push this game to Thursday and make this a Thursday game? You lost the Thursday game already. You have a leg to stand on? Because... No. It's not the first week that, that he's had a problem with his players getting COVID. No, but this they, they, you know, this, what, they said it what's was... What's going on in Baltimore? This came from a strength and conditioning coach or something that brought it in that shouldn't have been there. But the NFL's levying fines against teams. Like, they find... Who the fuck... They find the Saints a boatload of fucking money yeah. for dancing in the fucking... Fuck you. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just reading a tweet. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Well, who's on the who's on the COVID list right now? Jackson isn't going to play, right? Jackson's not playing, so it's RG three. We see. And they get Dobbins back. Yeah, so you think? So if you're waiting for guys to to get fucking tests, oh wait, hold on. Sources. 
I want to see who wrote the story first. Hold on, let me read this real quick as I wait for it to load. Um, the Ravens are heading to Pittsburgh, and Wednesday's game is still on. But Baltimore had two more positive COVID-19 tests before departing Tuesday, sources told yeah. Adam Schefter. The positive test belonged to Raven safety Geno Stone, a rookie seventh-round pick who has played in two games a season and an equipment manager. The results are not expected as a, are not are not unexpected and not a concern for the game, a source told Schefter. The Ravens will be tested again Wednesday before the game with point-of-care test results that return within 30 minutes and are seen by the league as more accurate than the point-of-care tests they were using earlier in the season. If the point-of-care tests are negative, the game is on. <laughs> so what the fuck happens tomorrow if they have a couple more outbreaks? It sounds like all they need is one, not even an outbreak. I'm not going to lie. I don't play RG3 tomorrow. Why wouldn't you? Because I'd play Trace McSorley. Then what the hell is the point of RG3 being on the team? RG3 sucks. Here is the Ravens. Here is the Ravens. Ravens had put, have put 21 Ravens had been put on the reserve COVID-19 list. Off of off a 55 man roster. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. They legitimately waited as long as they could to put on Lamar Jackson because they thought he could play. So you got 21 guys on that list, and you're going to play. And that's why, I, I mean, in, in all honesty, it's why the reserve, it's why, you know, practice squads are so big this year, and you can bury, you know. Guys yeah, you can find veterans out to it. Yeah. But no, the the, the NFL screwed the pooch. And that's why I said what I said before about the NHL, and, and you know, and the fact that look, they're they're building in. I don't think they're just going to build in at the end of the season. I think they're going to build it in mid-season too. Yeah, I, I can't see them just, you know, shifting everything to to the last week because yeah. it's like, if you do that, what if you have outbreaks again? You yeah. know, you got to kind of be fluid, and you got to. When you do the schedule, you gotta kind of put it where you can, and then worst case scenario, you know, you fill in the last week how you know how well, much you could. And that's also the thing with the NHL and baseball and, and and basketball. It's the one thing that's different about football. You can play a back to back in hockey. Like you can move a game. Like you can move yeah. a game. You know, if they're supposed to play on you know Tuesday. The first they could play on Tuesday the eighth if both teams, you know, it's not a big fucking deal. 
All righty. College football rankings came out earlier tonight. No fucking change. But Ohio State is in jeopardy of being disqualified if they don't play Michigan State and Michigan. They have to play both of those games because they've had two games canceled already. The Big Ten was like, fuck you. We don't give a shit about football here because we want to make sure that we don't have to, yeah, get somebody with orange some orange guy in the fucking White House with flock of seagulls hair or ass because he got us all the fucking testing we needed. So, yeah, if Ohio, Ohio State, who was out, had two games canceled. Ryan Day cannot coach this week because of, you know, quarantining and whatnot. Um, this could be a really fucking bad thing for Ohio State. They have to play this weekend. If they don't play this weekend, their college football hopes are done. Playoff hopes are done. And the talk then becomes, do we expand it to let them in, even if they're not eligible? Which could open the door for Indiana to play for the Big Ten championship against either Wisconsin or Northwestern. Boy, that is even amazing that we're talking about this. To think that yep. Ohio State might be disqualified. Yep. Yeah. Because it, it, you know, we, we have to be honest with, with ourselves. There's in no realm of possibility that Indiana is a better team than Ohio State. No, and they showed that on the field. Right. So why would they be allowed? Yeah. 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 All right. So, as we stated last week, (laughs) if you were going stock up, stock down on Big Ten football teams and coaches – in the Big Ten East, because I think Mark D'Antoni's on his way out. Um, but if you put it between Michigan, Rutgers, and Penn State, who do you like most? I think Penn State, or I think Rutgers, is trending in the right direction. A huge win this week on the road in Lafayette. And the team getting Where's lit. Where's fuck Louie? And the team getting lit post game with Greg Schiano chopping like a motherfucker. He chopped, chopped, chopped his way into everybody's heart again. Just hope he doesn't break it this time on us. <laughs> let's try to uh, <laughs> let's try to do that this time. Don't make me look like Wolverine holding a picture of Greg Shiano in my bed with a tear running down my face. I don't want to be that meme because I'm sure <laughs> Angel will make it. <laughs> it's gonna be a, a crying George. It will be. It will be a person the cry. I'll be on Jordan's face. Um, but you know what? But if you look at the locker room, like that's where was missing in the Chris Ash whole tenure. That's did, did when you look at the Giants and we talked about the changing culture. When you look at Rutgers, it's a changing culture there. Shiano has changed the culture. In six games. 
And, you know, a- anybody who's watched him coach before, whether in the NFL or in uh, college, in Rutgers, mm-hmm. knows that this is the type of guy. Like, if you want to bring accountability back to a program. You got the right fucking guy. Exactly. You know, Shiano is, okay, he's not the Bill Belichick of the world. Mm-hmm. But he's a hell of a football coach that can relate to people. Hey, and if you think players. about it, and if you think about it, he is a Belichick guy. Yeah. I hate to tell you this, but I said it last week. Where was Shiano going to coach last year? He was the D.C. of the Patriots last year until he got word that Chris Ash was not long, was not very long for the job, and he wanted a year off. He wanted a year off. He, you know, everybody, you know, the, the fucking the story that came out, you know, about him wanting to spend time with his family was right. He wanted to spend time with his family because he knew what was coming. He knew Chris Ash wasn't going to turn Rutgers around last year because he knew. So what do they do? He takes the year off. All you got to do is look on Sundays, especially if you're in this area. If you're here and you're watching an NFL game on Sunday, Logan Ryan went to Rutgers. Devin and Jason went to Rutgers. Pretty good, goddamn good ambassadors for that program, I think. Yeah, well, listen, he got talent. Ray Rice was there. You know, Ray Rice was there. Brian he, Leonard was there. Uh, Greg yeah. Toll was there. Um, Tyquan Underwood, Kenny Britt, Deron Harmon, Logan Ryan. I basically just listed off 97 guys who played for the Patriots. <laughs> Tim Wright. <laughs> but, you know, I, is it amazing? How, Steven Belichick you know, played for at, him. Look Not many people know that. And, and look where he gets his players from. If he's getting his players from Rutgers, that tells you something. If he's getting his players I, I, I from, used to laugh. Yeah, you, you, the Rutgers had, a, you know, Rutgers had a good defense. That's why they all went there. You know, and, yeah. and here's the other thing. Not many people remember that Stephen Pelichek played football at Rutgers after his lacrosse yeah. season. After his lacrosse career was over, and, and I used to, and I talked to people all the time. You know what the greatest part about Rutgers lacrosse games were? If you didn't like, if you knew that Stephen was on the team, guess who was there all the time? Bill was Dad. always there. Bill was always at those lacrosse games. What do you think? He fucking went to the lacrosse game and said, eh, "Fuck it, I'm going to go back to my hotel." No, I guarantee you, he was hanging out with Shiano. Look at the giant staff. Brett Bielsma. Where where was he coaching last year? New England. Hmm. Joe Judge, hmm? Hmm. Patrick Graham, hmm? He came from there. Hmm. I mean, so, you know, and that's the thing with Rutgers. Um, Notre Dame and Clemson had their December 12th games canceled by the ACC this week, this week. Um, congratulations to them, I guess. Um, because, you know, they, they wanted to basically give them both a bye week going in in case there's a COVID test so they can, you know, have it. 
so they can quarantine and stuff. So good, good move by the ACC on that. Um, a huge loss by Michigan to Penn State. Uh, the McNamara kid was not who he was against Rutgers in the second half. Um, but then again, now you have game film for him. Now you can prepare for him. Rutgers didn't have that luxury. Um, but what it does is is it starts late reminding people, Harbaugh has one year left on that deal. Harbaugh has not recruited NFL talent to Michigan. The seniors this year are his first group of seniors. Not much NFL talent there. The NFL talent that was there was Brady Hope. College coaches don't go into the final year of their deal without an extension coming because it hurts recruiting. So, which leads the question to on everybody's mind, does Michigan fire him? Or do they give him a one-year extension to give him two years left? He makes big money. He'd have to take a huge pay cut for that second year, just in case they were to fire him. Or do they fire him this year and just, you know, the one-year deal? Or do you not fire him, but you encourage him to take an NFL job so you get the payout? On it. I, I told you last week. I think that there is a mutual divorce coming. Uh, no, no, no. Angel, you can't have it. No, you know, you can't have a mutual divorce. He has to take another job before you leave. Let him go. It, it's just the way it goes. He has to have another job so you can get the contract buyout from him so that you could turn around and give that money to somebody else. Now, if I'm them, my first phone call is to Luke Ficken at Cincinnati. Because Luke Ficken is a fucking recruiting machine. When he took over at Cincinnati, they had like nine kids from Ohio on, on scholarship that now have over 40. Right. Uncheck there. Well, you know, it, it doesn't lie. You know, what has he produced for the NFL? Nothing. Exactly. You know, that's not a – listen, that's not Michigan. You but know, he did that at Stanford, you know, too. That, Everybody gives him all this credit for Stanford. He had Andrew Luck. <laughs> I mean, you know, Stanford. Stanford was a little bit, probably a little bit better because that was before. I think his ego went out of control. Yeah. You know, he absolutely had an ego in in Stanford, but it mm-hmm. wasn't until he got to the NFL. He was turning around a, a good listen. That San Francisco team that he turned around, I think Mike Singletary had the pieces in place. Yeah, oh, he, he he definitely did. So it wasn't like he came in and built the program and took it to the Super Bowl. He had pieces in place 
inherited a good team that that needed that turnaround and took that team to a Super Bowl. And let's look at this. But that's the next. He was at the university. He was the university. He was at the. So, like, legitimately, let's go over his coaching history. He was the quarterbacks coach in Oakland for two years. He was the head coach at San Diego for three years. He was the head coach at Stanford for four years. He was the head coach at, 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 with the Niners for four years. He's been at Michigan for six. Okay, so some of these kids are, you know, he has been able to. Just look at his look at his record at Michigan. He's forty nine and twenty two. He's thirty four and sixteen in the Big Ten. He won the Citrus. He's won one bowl game. He's one in four in bowl games there. He was one in one at Stanford in bowl games. And granted, that was twenty eleven, and that was like what Andrew Luck. You know, an Andrew yeah. Luck year. Right. Then he left there and Andrew Luck got better. Right. But a ten and three, a ten and three, an eight and five, a ten and three, a nine and four, and a two and four. In twenty eighteen he had a share of the fucking big tennies with fucking like three teams. I think that was like a three. I think that was a year where they had like three teams tie for first. I mean, he was decent in the NFL. It was the last year that he was the drizzling shits, but he got fired that year. Well, that was just because he had the major uh, problem with Balky, who's now the GM in Jacksonville temporarily. Yeah, I think Balky's going to get that job. I don't know. You know, I'm sure he has credit built in with uh, Khan. So he's probably the leader in the clubhouse. But, you know, you really can't just sit there and hand him this job. No. You know, you got to qualify people. Theo Reddick, I think he's close to getting a job. You know, so I'm sure he's probably one of the hot names out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Conference, all right, here, yeah, who, conference standings. Yeah, who Big they 10, credit, yeah. Uh, the it was a three, it was, they, they, it was a two-team tie for the Big Ten. Like, it was just, you know, it was them in Ohio State, but they lost to Ohio State. <laughs> like, well, they haven't beaten Ohio State. <laughs> no, they haven't. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, just you just look at his numbers against Ohio State. If you look at his numbers against the only team he's readily beat is Penn State. And they they really weren't that good. Who? Penn State. No. Okay, so three teams can potentially have head coaching vacancies that have ties to Harbaugh. 
The Bears, the Chargers. And the Lions. Mm, he's not going to lose. He, he's not going to any one of those teams. I can't see him staying in Michigan. You no. know, San Diego makes sense to me. Yeah. But the Jets make the most sense. You, it, it's because you just want that the most. No, no. I, listen. I just think it makes the most sense. I, I, I see him as, you know, they, they're beating the door down for him before. Um, I don't think – I don't see it changing, you know, really. You know, he brings credibility. Now, is he – when I say credibility, he brings that name recognition of just the thing to do. Yeah. Remember, they went head over heels to hire Gates, who just got fired. You're going to go head over heels to hire Harbaugh, who will, in essence, just get fired. It's the jetty thing to do. I mean, look at it this way. They're Owen, he, he's 0-5 against Ohio State. He's now three and three against Michigan State. There you go, Paul Penn State. You know what the best thing is? If he goes to the Jets, he doesn't have to play Ohio State. No, he just has to play Bill Belichick. Yes, he does. He's still. All right. 60 seconds left in the show. Uh, We're going to get over. We're going to take this to overtime. Um,. So, yeah, just download us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, name it. We're there. Um, I'm trying to figure Celtic out is more record. Alabama, Alabama than Ohio State. All right. So, he won and 0 against Penn State. That was a bad Penn State team. 2-0 and against Penn State, but that set Penn State off on a fucking run. Lost the third year. Fuck. Why did I pull up like an article from 2018? Because I don't remember every. Like they lose at Penn State and they win at Michigan. That's just how it's gone. Just that this year they lost to fucking Michigan. I think he's three and three against Penn State, or he's four and two. I forget. I think it's four and two. Oh. Jim Harbaugh record versus Big Ten teams. I mean, I really could look up like Penn State versus Michigan. Let's see. This is the hard thing if like you don't have like Stats Inc. where you can just like plug in this and get it like real quick. No, what a shot! Go to Penn, go to Penn State, and they give you opponent history, and you can fucking just look at it. 
Mm-hmm. Penn State's won two straight games against Michigan, so it's so he got there in fifteen. Yeah, he's three and three against Penn State. He's three and three. This is the first time James Franklin has won in Ann Arbor. Wow. That includes the uh, – yeah, Penn State was on like a real long losing streak to them. They're 10, 14, 10 and 14 against them overall, but it's kind of got back to them. They lost nine straight games from 97 to 2007. But, like, 2017, they fucking blew the doors off them. This week, they blew the doors off them. Last year was they were blowing the doors off them. Did Ohio... Look, there's been coaches at Michigan get hard, get fired for less than fucking zero and five. I mean, yeah. Like Brady Hoke must be sitting here going, uh, "Hello, I wasn't this fucking bad." They haven't had a quarterback to speak of. They really haven't. What was the last? Bit Mich- the last top quarterback was what Brady and uh, Henson, right? Uh, probably somebody after Henson, right? Let's see, Michigan. See, I had a friend that's a huge Michigan fan, and I don't even want to talk to him because he's fucking inconsolable right now. They had that sneaker. He better not be a Jet fan. He is a Jet fan, too. So Harbaugh's going to follow him over. That's great. (sighs) Look look back at every starting quarterback in Michigan. Every starting quarterback Jim Harbaugh's had in Michigan. <laughs> Jim O'Corn, Brandon Peters, Will Sneet, goddamn, Shave Patterson, Jake Ruddick. Mm. There's been nobody. There's not one NFL quarterback wow. there. They're a practice, really has a practice squad player. Will Speed sucks. They've just sucked. <laughs> like it's just plain and simple. They've sucked. They've had like good defensive players. Don Brown's done a hell of a job with the defense. I mean, look at the New England Patriots defense. Winowich, Josh Uche. They put defensive players in. But I guess you could say Harbaugh is a lot like Elway when it comes to evaluating, you know, quarterbacks, huh? Oh, my God. He's just as bad. Just as bad. Maybe worse. Angel, here's the funny thing. We had a shitload of stuff to talk about tonight, and we fucking hit it all. Did we hit everything? Uh, we got X's near everything. Hold on here. And that jigs on for like... Yeah, and we had Jigsy on for 35 minutes. I liked him. I love Jigsy. Jigsy's the best. 
Jigsy should have a podcast on NHL. Especially when it comes to like the draft and stuff, dude. That guy, that guy is legit draft time. Yeah, you know, we did not talk about Philly. Yeah, we did. We really didn't. We didn't touch uh, hot stove. Oh yeah, we didn't hit hot stove. What else did we hit? We didn't touch uh, college basketball. Uh, Duke lost tonight. Um, yeah, that's all I'm asking. Um, right, so let's go on a rant. Is, where was where was Wentz throwing the ball to in that interception? And why didn't Peterson, 11-point game, you had a chance to kick the field goal, make it an eight-point game? Oh. But, no, he, he decided Doug Peter, to uh, – Because Doug Peterson's the, not a good coach. No, he's really not. He's really not. Like, I listen I, – it was funny. I was in the car today, and I listen – and, like, where I live, I get WIP – comes in and <laughs> boy boy oh boy not good hmm. not good they want him fired and, and you know and here's the thing with Pittsburgh or it was Philly I think the the hangover from the Super Bowl. Look, that Super Bowl is now what four, three years ago. So after, yeah. I mean, them fans booed them off the fucking field after during the fucking game against Atlanta when they put the fucking banner up. But lucky there weren't fans there. They would have been throwing fucking batteries at fucking Carson Wentz. Um. And knowing their luck, they would have been intercepted. No, they would have hit him. His luck, no. Um, yeah, I, I. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I just don't think. Um, I don't know how much longer they have there. With them. Um, yeah, like I said, I think Doug Peterson and Adam Gase may not get fired this year, but man, it's fucking, it's there. Yeah, I think it's definitely fucking you know, there. I know it's been three years, but that Super Bowl did buy, you know, he. No, he that point in time tomorrow, after last year. And he could probably get a statue in Philadelphia. Well, he does have one already. Him and Nick Foles. Does he? Yeah. The Philly Specials <laughs> no. statue outside. Yeah. The Philly, stat- Philly Specials, a statue outside that stadium. <laughs> With him him and Foles standing on the sideline. Yep. Don't believe me? Look it up. It may get fucking torn down. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think the Philly fanatics should get a fucking mask on, and so should Bryce Harper. I mean, if if you go by the way Philly fucking gives out statues, I mean, they got one to a <laughs> fictional character. Uh, it's Oprah. You get a statue. You get a statue. You get a statue. Get a statue. Um, is there any hot stove baseball to talk about? The first signing of the Met of the Steve Cohen uh, era happened today. 
Listen, May's a good reliever. You know, he has good stuff. So, listen, you got to build that bullpen. It's a good piece. Um, yeah. More work to do. Um, you know, they're talking, you know, a lot of teams are talking to Molina and McCann. You know, the Yankees being one of them. So, I guess their interest probably will come down to what they do on tomorrow with the non with the non tender deadline with Sanchez. But I can't see them giving up on Sanchez. And the other thing is with with the non tenders, I saw some today where like they didn't tender Chris Bryant or he didn't sign it. I saw something today. No, I got to read up on that one. I, I I saw like it was like one of those things like MLB.com puts out. It's like best targets for non-tendered or some shit. Um, right. I think I thought I saw Chris Bryant on there. Well, Chris um, Bryant's gonna get tendered a contract. Well, they could tender it. He doesn't have to that. sign it. Yeah, but he has to sign it, and that's that's what I basically mean. Um, the Charlie Morton deal with Atlanta was kind of all right. I see what you're doing there, Tampa. Ben Sauer again. Um, Great move by yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. You know, veteran yeah. uh, arm. I don't know what the hell happened to him where he goes from fifth starter to eighth. You know, he went from, you know, from uh, Pittsburgh to uh, Houston. But whatever he found, he sustained it. Yeah. Um, let's see. They have the top 12 on MLB.com. JT rejected his qualifying offer. Trevor Bauer wasn't even, they declined to offer it to him, which is fucking stupid because you had a draft pick. George Springer rejected his. Marcus Simeon is just a straight up free agent. DJ rejected right, they, his. They didn't offer. Yeah, fucking stupid. Strawman accepted his. For, for Simeon? No, Simeon's, Simeon, Simeon's right. too he, old. He wouldn't get one. Offer. Yeah, I don't think you can offer him one. I think he's too old. I don't think he's in any arbitration list. Mike Miner goes to Kansas City because, God forbid, you don't fucking get a pitcher with a his one and six with a five ERA. Hey, man, if I'm building a staff, I want a staff with five ERAs across the board. Yeah. That's exactly how I want to build it. And in today's game, a five ERA doesn't mean what a five ERA means anymore. No, it just means you're a fourth starter, fourth, fifth. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, a five so ERA a five means ERA you give up two ten. runs. Yeah, it's not, you know, you gives up. it means you give up two runs and – you know? Right, because you're not going to the innings anymore. Yeah. I wish I could find this fucking thing. Like, I, I, I saw it pop up today, and it was like a, it was on the Red Sox. It, like I, it was like a Red Sox thing. I don't know where the fuck it is. Now, if you trade them, where are you trading them to? Who? Chris Bryant. KB? See, here's the thing. Philly still has yet to hire a GM. 
Yeah. So, you know, at this point, at this point, I'm starting to, I'm starting to take my, the JT Remuto deal's done. I don't think JT's back there anymore. I'd be shocked right now if he's back. You know, when you were tossing around numbers before, I think you said it like four for 100 or five for 125. Yeah. I don't know if I see that paying that to the catcher now. Oh, I do. Because somebody's going to pay it. Somebody's paying it. Who's that? Who's the highest paid catcher right now? Is that Grandel? No, he's he's going to get a Buster Posey-like deal. Was it the right deal to make? No, but is it what's going to happen? Yeah. Where the Phillies fucked up was the Phillies should have done it last year. They should have just gotten the fucking deal done, and then you don't have to worry about it. And then because the fans like him so much, if you had gotten it done before last Christmas, you could have sold a fuck ton of JT Riomuto Nike jerseys. A fuck ton of JT Rio Muto fucking t-shirts. And a fuck ton of JT Rio Muto fucking Funko Pops. Because you didn't get the deal done, and obviously COVID happened, you didn't have fans in the ballpark. I don't know, depending on when fans are allowed back in the ballpark next year, I don't know how well that's going to go over if you don't re-sign him. I don't know how you don't re-sign him, first of all. Second of all, do Phillies fans just look at you now as, well, you don't really give a fuck about winning. See, that's the thing. Look, if you don't sign JT and you you bring in like McCann, who's a big drop off, but you go and sign Trevor Bauer, and, and you you make pitching staff changes, and you bring in you know, hey, at least all right, we didn't get JT, but we signed X, Y, and Z. If you don't sign JT, and then you don't sign anybody because of the luxury tax thing because you don't want to hit it. You want to reset the clock and then wait till the next year. You look fucking dumb. Well, you figure they, they have to sign Didi as well. You need well, a have to, They don't have to resign Didi. Gene Segura is a shortstop. I think Didi's going to get a big deal from somewhere else. I think somebody's going to sign Didi. Again, if you can sign JT and you don't re-sign Didi, and then the following and keep it under the cap threshold, the tax threshold, so that the next year when KB becomes available, you bring KB in. You see, you, you see, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is like the worst possible fucking time for them. Because one, you don't know what's going to happen with the with the CBA 
yeah, next year. I think they're. I I really think they're going to extend it a couple years, just because of COVID. Just because they're going to have to. Yeah. Right. That you don't know when you're going to have fans in the ballpark. You don't know how much money you lost this year. Even though like Phillies, like the Phillies have the team store open, people are still going there and spending money. People aren't going there and spending money like they do it on a fucking game day. Like a game day, they're probably making a million bucks in the fucking team store. You know, today they may be making fucking 10000 20000 you know, shit like that. Like on a normal game day, you're selling a million dollars worth of merchandise. Half a million dollars worth of merchandise, whatever fucking way you want to look at it. You know, I mean, not the, I don't know how many fucking, like, authentic jerseys are selling every fucking day, but... You know, how many fucking foam fingers can you really fucking sell? So that's the Phillies problem. They need to get a fucking GM. Right. Aren't the GM meetings coming up? Uh, Aren't yeah. the winter meetings coming up? Are they going to have winter meetings? <laughs> Are the winter meetings going to be by no, Zoom? It's going to be virtual. Yeah, it's going to be virtual. Yeah. So it's, it's, there's no fucking reason to do it. Well, the Mets still don't have a GM either. Oh, here's the other thing that I wanted to bring up last week or two weeks ago, and I forgot to bring it up last week. Theo leaving the Cubs says he doesn't want to have a job in baseball next year. We have referenced this guy more times on this show than anybody else has ever referenced a player. John Lieber. If you're a team that needs a GM this year, do you hire, do you call Theo up and say, look, we know you wanted the year off. We want to hire you next year. We will pay you this year to take the year off. And then, you know, you hit the ground running next year when you're ready to work. But what GM do you want to work with? Do you do that if you are the Philadelphia Phillies? You know, Theo has got... Or the Mets. Theo has, I want to say, cemented his place in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He has earned the right to do this. I, I, I think what you said is kind of interesting. What I would say is I would like to hire you as my consultant for this year. Mm-hmm. No, you, no, you straight up tell ne- him. Next year. Next year, you are, the, you are the director of baseball operations. We'll give you the year off. We won't have one this year. Who do you want to be your GM? And that's how we'll go. You got to be aggressive with him. You got to give him what he wants. And, and do you have Chris gonna, Bryant? And, say, and do you have? Say I want Jed Hoyer. Well, Jed just took his job in Chicago. Yeah. And do you go to Bryce and say, "Hey, does Chris get along?" Don't ask him because that's tampering. But do you know if Chris gets along with Theo? Does hmm. get along with Theo? We'll, we're, we're hiring him. 
if Chris doesn't get along with Theo, we're not hiring him. Because next year, our mar- our target is your buddy. See, that's just an interesting uh, perspective because, you know, you have to realize that, you know, Chris Bryant brought a grievance against the Cubs. But they brought it against, Czech, against Ricketts. He didn't bring it against Theo. But who's, who's responsible for making that call? Is that a Ricketts, Ricketts call or is that Theo's call? That's a Ricketts call. That's I 100% think. a Ricketts call. Theo call because Theo is – I think it's a Ricketts call. No, I think it's 100% a Ricketts call. You know, Theo has – No, because Rico, Ricketts plays fucking poor. Nope, it's, it's 100% a Ricketts call. Because why wouldn't Theo bring him up? Theo wants what's best for the baseball team. Yeah, but what's best for the baseball team, you keep him down for 10 days and then you bring him up. You have an extra year of control. No, it's it's more you than know, that. It's like a month. Right, right. It's but a month. So you, you miss the first part of, of the season, and you get this guy for yeah. an extra year of control. It's, yeah. It's and almost Rick, a no-brainer. And, and, like, and, but, but see, here's the thing. Who was who? In the end, who was the one that argued against him in court? Ricketts, not Theo. It's an interesting perspective. Yeah, because because Theo can go to him. Look, this isn't me. If it was up to me, opening day you're here. Joe Madden can go. Hey, opening day you're here. Big man upstairs made that call. Because you've never heard a bad word said about Theo from him. Ricketts is the one who pushed for Darvish, who pushed for – Ricketts was playing fucking fantasy baseball. Ricketts is the one that's like, oh, shit, I can't pay these guys now. Ricketts is the reason why Joe Madden's not there anymore. Yeah, that, and that's a shame. Yeah. I'm sure the guy who has the try not to suck fucking t-shirts hates him too. The <laughs> people around... Look, Ricketts will never have to buy another drink anywhere he goes because he's fucking that wealthy. Ricketts is not well-liked in Chicago because of what he's done to the Cubs. Oh, great, you won. That's great. You've turned him into a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah, you got rid of the people that were actually responsible for breaking that curse. Yep. Do you think Theo really wanted to walk away? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I don't think so. Yeah, Theo, he doesn't strike me as a person that is comfortable. He's more nomadic, looking for the next challenge. Yeah. Um, And that's how I see him. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Let's look at let's look at him. You know, he leaves Boston, goes to Chicago, so he ends the two longest curses out there. Yeah, in Seattle. Do you give him a call? No, he ain't going to Seattle. Seattle's a dumpster fire. Well, the Poto's not doing a bad job out there. 
Yeah, I, I like the the moves they've been making. But honestly, yeah. I see the Mets as a rewarding position for him. I see Philly as a rewarding position for him. I think he'd get micromanaged in New York. I see. This is the thing I think with Steve Cohen. I think he's a micromanager. You can't be that rich and not be. Because he's he's not. Kraft is rich, right? He's not a micromanager because he's run multiple businesses. Hedge fund guys are not known for not being micromanagers. My cousin works for one. He tells me all the time they bring in fifty interns. They're lucky if they keep two. I'm sorry. They're lucky if two last the summer because it's so fucking hard. I, I, yeah, but I don't see. Look, he's already you know, brought but, in Sandy to be the director of baseball operations, so Sandy's there. Sandy's got to make the GM fucking call. He's not going to bring in Theo. Sandy's definitely not bringing Theo in. Why'd Sandy do that? Sandy's going to cash a fat fucking check and do nothing. I'd, I'd be shocked if Omar Minai is not back with the Mets. Well, he got fired. Oh, that's right. They did fire him. Well, they just didn't renew his contract. Hey, how about this? The Smashing Pumpkins are on Fallon tonight. Along with... Along with Keanu Reeves, who... Oh, do they? Well, I guess the NWA is not not making money for him anymore. (laughs) Greatest album ever. Or one of the greatest albums ever. That get doesn't get the recognition it should. That Smashing Pumpkins one. The double album. That was amazing. That is that's a work of art. Oh, I heard what could be the Christmas twenty twenty banger of the year today. And it is? It is a song by hold on, I got it on my iPod my phone here. Ray Lynn Jingle Bell Drunk. Can we play it? Uh I have it downloaded. I've been on my phone. Yeah, say. Just as good as Uncle Cracker's Ode to 2020. (laughs) Have you heard that one? Did I send that to you? 
No, you did not send that one to me, and I'm very uh, disappointed now. Oh, I'm sorry. know Taylor Swift. Give me Taylor Uncle Swift. Cracker any Uncle day of the week. Cracker. I think my wife is still mad at me that her ringtone on my phone is um, oh, Smile by Uncle Cracker. She's like, I hate that fucking song. I'm like, I don't care. Every time you call, it makes me smile. <laughs> I wanted that to be our wedding song. Instead, our their song, our wedding song was um, our uh, wedding song was um, was Fuck, lame. The one from Fo- That's what it was. Oh, forever. No, forever from um, um, Full House. Yep. You're the one who yes, I did pick Uncle Jesse and the Rippers. You leave me the fuck alone. Oh boy. I didn't say you were the idiot that picked that song. I did. I picked that. I don't give a shit. I think I wanted me and all my friends anytime we're all together to sing Friends Forever from fucking Saved by the Bell. By the way, have you watched the new Saved by the Bell? This is what you get. I have not. I have. Don't, 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 don't. I guess you don't want me to. Fuck. I watched the first episode and could not get through the Couldn't even, didn't want to get through that one. It's fucking bad. They even, destro- they even destroyed the fucking theme song. Yeah, At least Fuller House like kept this. The- like, it was like, oh, they saw the Fuller House. Like- no, it's not. Like, at least when you go in Fuller House did, like, all right, they kind of kept it, like, all right, they kept it cool, but they've kind of modernized it. But, like, this was, like, officially a 2020 tree hugger fucking, you know, cancel culture fucking show. Wow. Let's just say Zach Morris is the fucking governor of California because he wanted to get out of a parking ticket. Because, yeah, huh. Mars. But, yeah. All right, Angel, anything else tonight? Since it's fucking. No, you, you just killed bed. me with this whole Saved by the Bell. It's fucking terrible. It's not even worth watching. 
Um, but yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. All right, next week we'll be here. You there? All right, buddy. Yes. Later, pal. This is the end. The Bruin Angel talking sports on Block Talk Radio. <laughs>